Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, a DC Comics podcast from Melfuzz TV. I am Peter, and joining me as always, he's a little bit ill, but Matt is here. Yes, I, I couldn't miss this week of comics. Yeah, I mean, you're ill, you're in physical pain, and somehow you still showed up for Doomsday Clock, Matt. I know. Dedication. Uh, Connor's here as well, somehow. Look, <laughs> the times I missed Doomsday Clock were never to do with being ill. They were being not here. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt would climb through like the swamps to to get that, back that to just, record the if show. If it was Doomsday if it was just Doomsday Clock, I might just take a you know, and I'm gonna rest my voice. And but is Doomsday Clock and Man of Steel and No Justice for? Yeah. I can't, I can't miss that. This is like the biggest week in comics I say since maybe Justice League Suicide Squad kicked off. In, I'd probably go all the way back to, like... I mean, well, it depends. I, I, either Doomsday Clock 1 or Rebirth. Whatever one... Yeah. Whatever one tickles your fancy more, but... Um, but no, so yeah, we talk about comics on this show, and coming up this week we have Doomsday Clock number 5, we have Man of Steel number 1, we have Justice League No Justice number 4, we have Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Robin vs. Ra's al Ghul number 1. That's a long-ass title. They really There's should... a mouthful. You got, you got one of them a week for the next month. They really yeah. should have just called it Batman Thriller to the Wedding issue one, then next week should be issue two. And just Yeah. Yeah, but they want every single one to go, here's an issue one. Bastards. Um, and then you also have Green Lantern's annual number one, Green Arrow annual number two, which is a no justice tie in. Uh we had read read a couple of the, the crossovers with the Hanna Barbera characters. I read Black Lightning mm-hmm. Hong Kong Fui number one, and both me and Matt read Aquaman Jabberjaw number one. So those are coming up as well. And then the final Red Hood and the Outlaws of the Month from Connor's Corner, <laughs> issue twenty one is coming as well. So he's happy. To Almost get that done. Over with. You're you're gonna miss it, Connor. You're gonna miss oh, it. Oh god not. Not to worry though. I'm, I'm gonna relish next week in not doing one. Yeah, but not to worry because next month uh, another slot has been bought up, so he's gonna have a second book to read on top of Red Hood. And no, June. I know, but I'm I'm taking a week off. I'm I'm making sure it's not next week that I'm doing either of those. That's fine. You you can make that choice. You can make that choice. To, to the to the kind gentleman that bought him five weeks in a row. Be be a shame if you took away his week off and bought one next week. <laughs> He doesn't get to specify what week it is, though. He'd have to buy all three... He only has one. He'd have to buy the other two slots to make sure he'd have to do one every week. Uh, That's quite pricey. That's asking a lot of someone. It is. I know, but my my prankster brain, it's worth it. (laughs) You know? I I bought a pinata one time just to mess with my stepbrother. Uh, So, yeah. That's a story I'm going to have to ask about sometime. Yeah, just later. I... Long story short, he worked graveyards. He slept in super like late into the day, and he was a dead sleeper. So I went and I hung a pinata in his room and proceeded to wake him up by breaking it open and letting candy fall upon him. <laughs> uh, you know, John. Yeah, you say, oh, he's a deep sleeper. Yeah. He's not a deep sleeper as me because that wouldn't wake me up. Yeah, but it was also the mariachi band. So. <laughs> I think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. Uh, man, back before I had bills to pay, I was stupid <laughs> with money. <laughs> what is happening? This is what happens when we don't have news to start off the show. We go down these it weird is. paths of other yeah. things. Blame Matt. Uh, so I'm the fun one. I'm blaming Connor. Uh, Connor well, gets blamed for things. It doesn't, it, it doesn't actually mean it's my fault. 
It's all your fault. It's it's lost all meaning. Uh, Connor isn't. I Connor Kent isn't quite right. No, this Connor too. I'd I'd love if he wasn't, but I see him too uh, much. Here I am. Yeah. Yeah. He persists. He's here. I miss Miracle, uh, Mr. Miracle. I almost had to give him a cut myself. Yeah. It, it, it got pushed uh, a week, so I think I it's know. like mid June now. Yeah, it's and not I too far away, it. but it's coming. Yeah, it's, a, it's a good one. It's coming. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, I, mean, I guess we'll just get into the books. It's weird. I feel I feel like it's been so long since we just started the show and went straight into the books. Yeah, I'm used to like half an hour to an hour of news. Yeah. But here we are. So, like, just killing time. <laughs> I'm like, uh, has any good investments this week? <laughs> <laughs> so, so mature people should talk about not comic books. Um, uh, did I read any comics that were DC this week? I, I oh, I, I did fi- finally finish the second Miss Marvel trade this week, so that that got oh, that going for go. me. So that was good. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, uh, I tried the new uh, new image book, The Last Siege. It's uh, described as a a spaghetti western meets Game of Thrones. It's pretty good. The first. I issue. am angry at my shop for not telling me about this. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, you'd you'd enjoy it. I think. Uh, I, I also have been working through some of the uh, the classic uh, Thor masterworks. I uh, I finished off the the Kirby era last night. Right. Was this a bunch of books you got when it was like a dollar each? It may have been. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. Yeah. Just curious. <laughs> I read Killer Be Killed in eighteen. And there's only one left, so. I'm glad yeah. that's ending because that's a good reason to just binge the whole thing once the last well, one. Yeah, I came back this week. From 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 where it just left at issue 19, the penultimate is not where I thought it would go from that first issue. So I, I like going on journeys like that. You know, mm. you think you have something figured out, and it goes a completely different way. But check that book out. It's Brubaker and uh, and Phillips. You can't go wrong. Yes, yes. Uh, expand your palette beyond the DC stuff, but don't abandon the DC stuff because then you won't care what we think. No, stick books stick close to home. You know, get, yeah. get, as I was saying, a royalty is still Jeff Lemire. He's, he's, he's part of the family. He's uh, part of the family. He is. He is. He is yeah. I uh, had a discussion uh, with our with our Twitter pal, Talking Superman, about Lemire, and he was shocked that my favorite Lemire work is his run on Green Arrow, which I, I love all his independent stuff, but. Uh, that Green Arrow run from that's, Lemire that's really resonated. Definitely his best DC work, but it's not quite my favorite of his work in total. Mm, I don't know. I like Animal Man probably more than I do his Green Arrow stuff, but yeah, but you're just wrong. No, it's all good though. But here's the thing with Lemire: it is good. Uh, yeah. outside of certain issues of Justice League United and some of his X Men stuff, I haven't read anything by his that I didn't even just enjoy. Like, mm. no, it didn't knock my socks off. Like Trillium was was fun, but. You know, it didn't knock my socks off like, say, Underwater Welder or or his Green Arrow run did. So, but everything's just baseline. Like, even that first arc from Justice League United or Justice League Canada, as it was supposed to be, yeah. that was pretty fun. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, if you're a fan of his, uh, you know, his industry, you know, like Essex County and, and Underwater Welder, definitely check out Royal City. It's kind of hitting on a lot of those vibes and, and things that he does. Okay, I think that fulfills the small talk portion of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you no, sound now. Was he doing Descender? Was that him too? Yeah, that's yeah, him. That's he, him. yeah. He's, he's writing that one, yeah. I need, I need to get back to that one. I, and I, I think I that's finishing that's soon. soon. Yeah, but that's had a bit more than uh, some of the other ones did, though. That's, that's yeah. up to like 30-something issues. So. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting with, with Royal yeah. City, because at the, at the back of this issue, he put a little letter talking about how, because we got the solicits 
last week, you know, and it turns out it's ending at 14. Mm-hmm. And uh, he put a little letter saying, you know, that was kind of a, a surprise to him as well, like when he made that decision. Because when he started the book, he was like, he thought he had like, you know, like 50, 60 issues of, of, of stories to tell in this world. And then he's like, and then realized uh, when he finished the last arc, he's like, oh, I, I've got an ending. And he's just like, I have to just go with the ending. Wow, I appreciate that. Uh, I wonder also if it has anything to do with the fact that he realised that he's got about nine books he's contracted to write. <laughs> and he had to, oh, I had to cut some of these out. It might let's, well be, yeah. Let's wrap this one up. Although he, he did mention he's already he's already written the first 12 issues of Terrific, so he's like a year ahead on that. So Yeah, yeah, so, yeah he, 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 he works like in chunks, like where he'll do uh, a whole like batch of issues, like you know, an arc of one book before he moves on to the next. Mm. So uh, we'll start on the books then, because it's it's, for a week five, this is the weird thing. Week five is like usually the quiet week, like yeah, you've said that the last three, and it's not quiet. They've learned, they've adapted, they've, they've stopped being quiet now. Yeah. Well, the funny now thing is, like, is, is the, like... the week five in August is actually quiet for us because we only have three annuals, right? So it's quiet for us, not quiet from the publishing end. That's fair. That's fair. But this is the thing, it's not even just quantity this week five, this is like some of the biggest books. As Matt pointed out earlier on, this is one of the biggest weeks in comics, for DC at least, no, in a long ass even, time. Even outside of the crossover books, um, we've still only got about six comics, right? Maybe seven? Uh, six, mm-hmm. six, we've, we've got six main books. I'm yeah. sure there's, there's probably an annual or something we're not covering though. From a... Yeah, yeah, we, we've got, which isn't that much, really. It's just that three of them are the biggest books in a long time. <laughs> so, without further ado, we will start off with Doomsday Clock number five. Uh, it's a special treat when Doomsday Clock comes. I get there's, there's this extra excitement when I get my books on the Wednesday, where I'm like, "Oh, mm-hmm. it's a Doomsday Clock day!" Oh, uh, and I sit down, I make sure you know I'm nice and quiet, and I get ready, and you know, make sure the temperature's just right. You know, sit <laughs> down, get peaceful, make sure there's no noise, lock out the cats, don't distract. Definitely always the first thing you read, though, isn't it? It's always the first thing I read, yeah, no question. Mm-hmm. I, I, I need to know, uh, I need to know what's happening. Even even Man of Steel, which is you know the number one, it's like oh, what's Bendis's first issue like? That still got pushed to second place in my reading yeah. schedule. Well, yeah, and, I, I, I know one... even Matt often leaves things to the end, the one he's most excited for. Not this week, not, 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 not with Doomsday Clock. It's like no, no. Got, got to get those answers. No. Doomsday Clock, Man of Steel, and then No Justice. That was the order, and then I read Man of Steel again last night. <laughs> Uh, I browsed through all three of them again because uh, I read them all in Wednesday, all three of those in Wednesday, and then I read the rest of my books earlier today, and then I browsed through the the three I'd read in Wednesday again uh, to sort of you know just remind myself, make sure I was up up to snuff and everything that was going on. Uh, so Doomsday Clock issue five starts with um, Ozymandias in the hospital. Uh, after all, in issue three he did take a bit of a tumble uh, mm-hmm. out of the, out of the Let's Court building, and. What's interesting is the doctor actually kind of says that there's nothing wrong with him. Yeah. Yeah, she's got like an x-ray of his, his skull, and it's sort of showing you where that spot was before, but it then implies, no, that's just their flashlight that's hitting the hitting the x-ray. She's like, it's, yeah. it's not actually there anymore. She's like, no, no, he's fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with him. Uh, so, that's interesting. Is, is he cured, yeah, or is she just not seeing this? Um, I'm thinking, I think it's his guilt, because the brain... The brain can, try, can play tricks on you. Mm. I know this is someone that's dealt with anxiety before, you know, where you get phantom tingles and there's nothing going on. So, or maybe our medicine's not caught up with his medicine, even though 
he's from the past. Um, where he's from? I think it's more likely if if there if if there was something there, something to do with the universe hopping, mm. kind of fixed him. Yeah, because because I, I I wouldn't necessarily assume that she would notice it if she was just giving him like a checkup for broken bones and stuff. Mm-hmm. But she has an X-ray of his skull, <laughs> like so she she would yeah, see it. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I don't think his his technology is more advanced to the point where they wouldn't detect a big tumor and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So so no, so sure enough, uh, Veet wakes up and. He he takes the, the, the readings off so the, the, the guards have to come back in and get him. What I thought was interesting with the guards though is they're talking about how they get more overtime pay when anything involving a metahuman or a cape uh, yeah. is brought in. And how, and how it's a, it's a federal thing now. Nowadays, any time there's any sort of superhuman or even just a, a costume, no, no, it's federal. It's higher up the food chain. Yeah. We don't it, deal with it. Yeah, Johns is working really hard to create this world that's Watchmen-esque, because this is not the normal DC, you know? Mm. Like, with with capes and being a federal, like, this feels like a sideways universe at points. And I think he's doing a really good job, especially with what's going to come up in the next couple pages about the Superman theory. Yeah, there's a lot of little tidbits about that in this one. There is, isn't there? And, you know, it, it really took me help. You know, the, this overtime rate, you know, it's double pay, but it must be quite a lot. If, you know, this guy's going... Hey, yeah, no, I'm doing it. There's that boat I've been looking at buying. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's that's not exactly cheap. Yeah, for, is it, is uh, for it, a, especially for a cop, right? For a uniform cop, really spe- that much. yeah, for a uniform cop, like, yeah, yeah. The fact that he's talking about buying a boat is kind of notable. Don't forget, they are in Metropolis, not Gotham. So, you know, yeah, Metropolis has a little bit more money to, still, to pay yeah. for overtime. Sure, sure, but I just mean in terms of just how much they're being paid for this in general, huh? because. Yeah, you know, you know, no way a regular salary is buying him a boat. No, no. But think about how many superhumans there are in yeah. in the states, like compared to everywhere else. Like, so especially in Metropolis. So if they're dealing with cape stuff all the time, and he's getting all that extra pay, like, yeah, yeah, that's almost Ooh, two jobs in one. Up, right? Yeah, yeah, um, and it's actually it's when he's going to get a cat because he steals one of the uniforms and he's going to get uh-huh. his cat back because he cares about his cat. And this is a, a running thing in the book here, this issue, where we'll see... I mean, it's been a running thing in the, the series as a whole, but especially in this issue, where there's, there'll be a TV broadcast on, you know, the TV up in the wall as, as they're walking past. Yeah. And we kind of focus on it for a second, and we see that Hawk and Dove, uh, I bet you weren't expecting that to be mentioned any uh, time soon, uh, <laughs> they've been arrested in Russia uh, for interfering in something. And they oh. claim, of course, that they were helping in the... the, the what was it? The, the Rocket Red Brigade... Uh, yep. who arrested them. Like the, the armed forces were being reckless and uh, triggering the attackers and escalating the situation. And that coming from Hawk, I mean, <laughs> you guys don't know about Hawk. Hawk is the hot-headed of the two that leaps first. Uh, so for him to say that someone else is being reckless, I, that's I, quite a statement. It is. I think it's really interesting to play with them in this book because obviously this has been a very politically charged book. And a lot of the Hawk and Dove stories are because you know w- one of them's a liberal, one's a conservative, and uh, and a lot of them is that balance of you know finding that middle ground between well, them. Joe, and even even their origins being the avatars of of order and chaos. Yeah, yeah, you know. So and, and all about striking that balance, and that's it. Seems like that's what Veet's also trying to do, right? Is he's trying to find a balance, a counterweight, basically, even... for all the stuff he's done. I mean, honestly, when Doomsday Clock is done, a Hawk and Dove book is not the sort of thing that would shock me if they announced that. No, 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 no. For, for all those reasons, for for that political dichotomy. I've seen a lot of people talking in the last couple of weeks as to 
Why, why isn't there one right now in this political climate? Why have we not got a whole kind of book? I think you need to be careful on who you get on it, with especially how charged comics yeah, audiences have been. Someone who is very respectful on both sides, I think. Yeah, definitely. Because the days of the 80s where everything was... I mean, I know deep down every era is complex, but we're talking about the 80s where it was, you know, Rambo, not Rambo, other other slice alone. Um, Rocky versus Drago. All right. You know? I thought you were good somewhere. I've been rewatching, or I've been catching up in Brooklyn Nine Nine, and there was a joke recently yeah. about how New York in the eighties was basically the purge, and I thought you were going down like a, a path like that. No, but, go. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, the eighties was more cut and dry, and that's why Watchmen uh, stuck out so much mm. because it was shades of gray, and it was like, yeah, you can have heroes do bad things and bad guys do good things, and. Uh, for certain causes, which is actually one of the baffling things about uh, people who who people who are anti-progression in comics and people who are anti-diversity and want everything to be the way they were the, the status yep. quo warriors, if you want to call them yep. that. Um, it's a good. Yeah, I I can't claim that one. That was Jim Sterling. I was watching one of his videos gotcha. earlier, and he used that term. Uh, he was talking about video games, but you know it applies to applies all around. It it, but there's so much bleed over nowadays. Yeah. Like yeah, but uh, I think the point here is the irony that. Comics have always been yeah. Yeah. politically charged. You know, you, you go back to, to comics during the war, they are literally propaganda at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, they're, and they're not even trying to hide it. No, you know? they are publicly There's... propaganda. That's fine. That, that's just what they were. But right. don't pretend that they weren't politically charged oh. because they were. Even go to the early 70s with Hard Traveling Heroes. Like, yeah. to, no, to say that. They always have been. Right. Like,. And that's just recent past, you know. Like I feel like now they've they've gotten a little bit more accessible to everybody, but I think that's just media in general, you know, where oh, they're yeah. trying to get the whole audience, not make a stand. It's it's one of these where go back to the the first Superman stories, and mm-hmm. it's anti capitalism, oh. you know, against the big consumerist oh, markets. That that's yeah, that was he's... the point of those early stories. Well, he was a man of the people. Like that right. was that was his thing, and that's why. Lex Luthor always makes such a good, uh, you know, foil for him because he's the opposite. He's the capitalist, you know, businessman that just wants to lie in his own pocket. And Superman's like, no, I represent the people and I'm going to help them. And, I mean, he fought domestic abusers and drunk drivers on top of all the other stuff, Yeah. you know. So, yeah, I mean, that's just comics in a nutshell. And then you get to the 80s and we'll talk about it more when we get to those sections, but – Doing a little bit of research, Johns is pulling heavily from Firestorm of the '80s, which was another politically charged. Oh yeah, we'll we'll save that for me. You know, uh, get it, to get to Firestorm. Yeah, which those were written by John Ostrander, who also did Doom Patrol, which was another one that was that played into, you know, I don't want to say like like what do they call like Law and Order ripped from the headlines, but you had stuff like that in in Doom Patrol where Reagan sends them into Nicaragua to fight the. The Contras and whatnot. Mm. So, uh, in the in the eighties. So, and I feel Johns is definitely pulling from that era of comics, especially in this issue. Yeah, uh, I think to wrap all that around, though, the point I was making was, uh, you know, comics like all art is about something, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Except that. Let's move on. <laughs> all right. So we actually cut to Daily Planet and. Outside of the, the whole waking up from the nightmare in issue one, this is actually the first time I believe we're actually getting to Clark and Lois and, and Superman. Yeah. Uh, and Lois is pissed at Perry because he changed their headline 
to uh, say that a meta-human tried to assassinate Lex Luthor. Uh, <laughs> also, I like that when uh, Perry's like, because she's like, oh, you're, you're playing to paranoia to sell papers, and he's like, and get clicks, God help me. <laughs> yeah, this is the one thing I don't like about this issue. Perry, feel, I felt like Perry's always had some journalistic standards. He, he's, yeah. he's always been aggressively pushing the story, but I've ne- he's never really been making things up to, to sell papers. But I feel like John knows that we know that, and that's why it feels off, right? Because mm. this is a different time in, in DC, and, you know, if he wants to stay afloat, he's got to change too. And so I also like when he says, you know, she calls him chief. He's like, no, you call me Mr. White when you're yelling at me. So he doesn't get mad that she's yelling, you know, it's just... I feel I feel like Lois here complaining that he's, he's manipulating her wording, not so much that what he's put in there is incorrect. Because right. yeah, she she says you're you're playing into paranoia to sell oh, yeah. papers. She, she outright says, you know, no, being a meta human hasn't been proven yet. You know, so she she outright says, no, no, we don't know this. Putting it in there is right. irresponsible. And it, right. again, and she's right. that, that, yeah, no. she is, and and it's why I don't really. This is the the only thing. It, it just doesn't track for me as Perry, and I, maybe this will come up later, and I'll understand it a bit better. But right now, it just doesn't work for me. I mean, maybe. Yeah, maybe there's a, a point here that this is the world has changed a little bit, and even Perry's like standards are going because of yeah, what's going that, on. That's how I read it, you know. But he even goes out there, he's like, "Get, get out there and prove him wrong." Like, he knows what he's doing. He's been the editor in chief. He knows also how to play Lois, you know. Yes, yeah, right? who's who's uh, very angry and wants to get a new Godfather for John. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yes. let me just say, uh, Frank drawing Lois is one of my favorite things ever. If I had the spare cash to get a sketch from Frank, it would probably be Lois over Superman. But, yeah, I'm weird. Yeah, but I just yeah, love the way he draws her. Mm. Honestly, reading this, uh, the whole metahuman thing, it reminds me more of how the press is quick to like label a, a, a sure. Yeah, terrorist, yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll jump to, uh, oh, it's a terrorist or it's a Muslim. They'll, they'll jump to yeah. that before they, they well, have facts. Because if it leads, it leads. Right? Yeah. It's part of that whole, whole. I mean, not everything always has to be bleeding or whatnot, but yeah. whatever the, I'm having trouble thinking today. Part of me not feeling real. Uh, anyways, it's just part of that. That whole sensationalism—that's the word. No, I, I, I agree, and, and, I, and I feel like my, my problem is in the DC universe. It's always been Perry's been like one of the the, the bastions of, you know, de, being uh, the, the honest press. media, yeah, rather than the one that's jumped. You know, it, it's always been oh, that we're the planet. We hold ourselves to higher standards. So this feels particularly just strange to me to t- to make that analog with the with the with the planet. Hmm. But again, maybe that's the dramatic yeah. point. Is that yeah, this is, is. Uh, this is a regular. Uh, also, worth mentioning, just for anyone who's worried that Bendis is going to kill off John, uh, he just got referenced in Doomsday Clock, which is set in the future. So now, just... now, more on this in Man of Steel, mm-hmm. uh, and more of this in the, in the interview that Connor sent me, or tagged me in, or something, uh, from yeah. Bendis. Maybe it wasn't you. Again, all my days <laughs> running together. So why was I not sent in this interview? Why, why, why did I cut out the loop? Uh, yeah, I don't think this was me, because I don't think I've it? read any interviews. Was it not in the, it wasn't in the, the group? In uh, in the comic side, ah, oh, jeez, <laughs> maybe it was James. I, I don't remember any 
interview. Welcome to this week's part. delirious episode where yeah, no one knows so. what's really going are, on. Are you sure you didn't just imagine this whole interview? You know, I might have. Benadryl's a hell of a drug. <laughs> Knocked me clean out. Uh, no, but there, there was a thing, I guess I'll talk about it now, where Bendis is like, and it came off not like as you know, he was ribbing the fans. He was like, oh, people are going to be apologizing that he yelled at me about Lois and John. Because something does happen, but it's not what everybody's yelling about. Uh, so when I read this, uh, and only coming off of that, you know, one issue that we had with the T's and whatnot, and it didn't feel like Lois and John were there, uh, it put me at ease a little bit. Because Lois and John, like, seems like they're married uh, still. They're still, they're yeah. still alive. <laughs> For sure, you know. There was nothing to worry about. That's all I'm saying. Stick to my guns on this one. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, Clark's there. But, but there's, again, something on TV. We have the the Russian firestorm. Uh, <laughs> Posar. Yeah, yeah, Posar. Uh, who's basically saying, I ah, unlike you know my American equivalent, I was not created by the government. Um, you know, I was killed in uh, Chernobyl, and you know, I, I rose later, and you know, he's a hero of the people. <laughs> To that I say, it was lack of government regulation that led to Chernobyl, so he was created by the government. I actually love the irony here that yeah. the Russian version of the American superhero is arguing that he's better because he wasn't created by the government, when, you know, just think of the Cold War and, like, communism yeah. versus capitalism. You know, the whole yeah. the whole point was Drago. that the government was more hands-on yeah. in communism. I just thought it was kind of funny to me. Uh, no, so, that cracks me up. Uh... So then we get to the real juicy meat of the uh, issue. And I, think, oh. I think it's just worth noting that you know what Pozo says is uh, that the the country is closing its borders to all foreigners. So mm. you know they're they're closing themselves off. Yeah. And also worth mentioning as well is that Lois is speculating someone is behind this Superman theory nonsense, and I've got a feeling I know who. And I, 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 as soon as I read that, I'm like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I know who she thinks. <laughs> so uh-huh. yeah. uh, which immediately goes, so I'm pretty sure it's not. Probably not. Yeah, but I mean, no. I, I knew what she was thinking, so you know, yeah, no, exactly. It's written well because I know exactly what Lois is thinking. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, when I when I was when I look back at this issue, right? When I think about this issue, and I think about what's exciting me the most, it's the this next set of characters along with one other one that we get a little bit later. So we're with Rorschach mm-hmm. and Sartan Girl, and they're, they're kind of like suiting up, they're getting their stuff back. Uh, Sartan Girl's getting a ring, a Legion ring, out of the evidence bag. Yeah, yep, that that popped me. It's my return from wrestling. Yeah, and uh, she actually, you know, she she knows exactly everything that's going on from Rorschach, because she even says, oh yeah, I know who that is from your mind. And he's like, oh, so you know all my plan then, why I need to do it? You know, so it's interesting, and it was a tease at the end, and it, I honestly did not know when what she was meaning to at the end of this. Where she's like, you get any ideas how to like solve this plan? And she says, "We had a great big light." And my first thought was like, "Why would the bat signal help?" <laughs> like, you know, I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think, what's she talking about? What's she talking about? Batman Mark. I don't know. It was yeah. just the first thing that popped in my head. Um, of course, the first mention of a green flame later on was where I started to. You went oh, I was like oh. And, and, you know, that is is smartly done because this scene with you know with Sangam Rorschach leads into into the the scene where we learn that information. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and again, there's stuff on TV. We see more of the news stuff. Uh, this this Russian, what they called the a rocket. rocket. Yeah, yeah, those guys. You've got one. There's like a blue looking flash with pink hair. You get your Russian firestorm. You get your uh, red star. 
Yes, uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, Vostok from from Aquaman and the others. Um, Look at Native you Woman. recognizing all these characters back. Yeah. This is impressive. <laughs> um, I didn't know who the Blue Flash one was though. I did a little research. Apparently, she's called Lady Flash and was created in the eighties. As far as that firestorm, this is why we have Matt on the show. This is why Matt's yeah, here. Yeah. Matt's here for the, yeah. the deep yeah. pills. Uh, and so, but yeah, and again, that's where it's pulling from this firestorm where everything was politically charged. Where the the two guys, you had Ronnie Raymond and then Mikhail. I forget what what uh, Pozar's full name was, but they were definitely representatives of of Reagan and Gorbachev. You know, written, Mikhail yeah. Arkaden. Yeah. So. You know, uh, Ostrander during that run wasn't valiant that well. And we know that John's is a super fan of that run because he tries to interject. If it's not Cyborg, he's trying to interject. It's Firestorm everywhere. So. Yep. Mm. Uh, it's actually as two orderlies discover that Johnny Thunders escaped the uh, the hospital uh, that we're reminded of the the adventures of Nathaniel Dusk and where we left off with the movie last time yeah. we saw it. We get, we get that kind of comes in, and we see the newspaper, of course, applying where Thunders went. It says green fire consumes all American steel, and you know, I mean, I wasn't sure yet, but I was like, green fire. Yeah, it's like I only know steel? one green fire. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, also, the story of Aladdin, which people forget that when Green Lantern first came around, he was magic based. Like, they yeah. didn't do the whole sci fi thing. And it was a ring, like in Aladdin. The original story of Aladdin, he has a wish ring, not, not the genie in the lamp. So, you know, you, you see the parallels there. You also yeah. find out that Johnny Thunder's 102. And you're like, oh man, this guy. I want to see. Fo- I actually want to see the live action footage of like, and you know, when they make a movie out of this someday, right? I want the live action huh? of the hundred and two year old climbing out the window. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we also have the Nathaniel Dusk movie going on. They're still looking for for the killer. Yeah, and they find yeah. the butler of the the rich guy. Because remember, the whole thing was is that the rich guy and then the other guy they were both murdered, but only one was the target, and the other one was just like there, you know, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, and is it me, the the butler, Jasper Wellington? Uh, oh, no. He, he, that's the, the name he said. You know, so this guy, he looks a lot like Johnny Thunder, He does. He? I thought that as well. Mm-hmm. When I got I to like, that is, panel. is that meant to be him? Like, was he was he an actor at some point? Oh, I don't think so, because, I mean, at 102, you're looking at... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's got the bow tie down. Yeah, first, so. this, this guy's uh, too... Like this movie's too old for it to be him. Yeah, he'd, be, right. he'd be way younger yeah. than this. Uh, no, I think it's more of a thematic thing and more, more kind of like how it parallels with him running off uh, mm-hmm. to get this lantern because the the character here w- w- stole the money from the rich guy after he died. He's got an alibi that he didn't kill mm-hmm. him, and the, the, you know Dusk believes him, but he was stealing the money to have a sex change in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So no, it's, it's interesting. That's all we get in the movie that this issue, but um, definitely the, the the him running off and you know maybe he can sort of correlate uh, wanting to change with you know him wanting to get like the, the GSA back or get his real life back or mm-hmm. yeah. You know. I, I think it's interesting. You know, it's it's him that that's left behind there at the end. That you know he's the one that that where is the standing for 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 Thunder. Yeah, he 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 gets caught, and you know, essentially, and and has to give it all up. Yeah, so I think that's that's interesting, you know, because 
you know, when we were watching it on the whatever issue it was in two or three, uh, the the Nathaniel stuff, we're thinking, okay, how does this relate to to Giant Thunder, right? Because it was in mm. it was always in his scenes. And we're like, okay, does he see himself as as Nathaniel Dusk? But now seeing this, I don't think Dusk is the one that represents him. No. Yeah, I, mean, I think the fact that it looks so much like him is kind of signaling yeah. that with a giant neon light. No, it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's just it's interesting to shift that perspective away from what we were assuming before. And if that's the case, who who is Dusk? Who who does Dusk represent in his life? If he's the person mm-hmm. who stops Thunder, yeah, maybe we can use that to figure out who it is later. If someone mm-hmm. stops him, that makes sense. You know, um, that that's if Thunder actually does stop him. Thunder may end up helping him in the movie. We don't know. The, the plot might, you know, this may not oh, be the end of this character in the plot of the movie. No. So we might see more of that as we as we go on. Um, so, you know, then we have Johnny Thunder, he's at the, the train station, but he can't afford the, the ticket. Uh, so he shouted that, and he has to go get the bus. He's wandering out in the, alone in the rain. It's very sad, very atmospheric. Uh, some great stuff here. And I think it's worth mentioning as well, the reflection at the bottom of that page, it very much looks like the black and white character from the movie in the reflection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that That is not an accident. Um, no. Again, Neon Light saying, hey, that, that character is representing Thunder in some way um, in, the, in the movie. So... Then we come to uh, uh, the old ship, right? And Veach back mm-hmm. to it. But Batman's there. Batman, having read Rorschach's journal, is a bit more clued in to what's going on here. And he's waiting He's waiting for Ozymandias. Um, and, well, that's basically it, yeah. I was expecting more of a scene there. <laughs> we, no, nothing. Uh, that's the tease. We come back to that later. Uh, we actually come to the comedian who seems to first we don't actually know why as of yet but he seems to be tracking down uh, the mime and marionette yeah uh-huh. he's at the bar where they had their, their their fun yeah and he intimidates the two cops he basically threatens them and says it's best if you just don't see me boys otherwise yeah. I might have to slit your throats <laughs> yeah. so sure enough, he's he more deathstroke than deathstroke like he is isn't he you know, that, like, this, that... this felt very much like in that issue of deathstroke where He's burying the van, and he tells the cops he didn't see nothing. And mm. then we get the whole rest of the issue. So, yeah. But yeah, very much reminiscent of that. But yeah, he's so. I'm thinking that in order to draw out Manhattan, uh, Veet brought Mime Marionette to this world because he's gonna want to stop them from doing whatever they're doing. Uh, maybe. Like they're the bait. I want to say there's a nice through line in the way the scenes transition here because it goes from Batman and Veet and Veet mentions, oh shit, those two are gone. And then we go to the comedian who's following in their footsteps and then we go from that page to actually seeing the Mime and Marionette and where they are. They're still tracking down the Joker by uh, hunting more of his cronies. Taking Um, off some arms. Cutting off some arms. uh, And, you know, they're creepy as ever. And the guy's like, well, I don't know where he necessarily lives, but there's a plan tonight that everyone's going to meet at the light. And like, which one? And sure enough, it's talking about the bat signal. So there's mm-hmm. stuff going down. And again, it's kind of tied into everything bubbling over with the the protests and the riots and everything's kind of like, especially in Gotham, uh, as we see as we go. But we actually jump back to Batman, and again, it transitions really nicely. It goes from the bat signal to Batman's logo on his on his suit. So mm-hmm. we're with them, and they're kind of like debating, you know, basically like what Veet did. And Veet's kind of hitting back with, you know, you basically, you know, that, that, these protests are for you. You realise that, right? You know, that's that's all going on. Um, and there's more stuff in the TV. We see Firestorm hitting, hitting back at Pozar. 
saying, yeah. no, no, my, my thing's got nothing to do with the government. It was an accident with the, you know, me, me and my friend, all my friends, and, and he's kind of referring to other superheroes here. You know, we all we all had accidents and stuff. That Superman theory is total bullshit. Uh, which actually, it's funny, because the, the, the comic in general feels a bit more mature than the regular DC Universe stuff, yeah. but having someone drop bullshit <laughs> really does kind of point that out. Yeah. I, it well, was very meta, him talk, talk to, you know, the, the one in his head going, no, I won't watch my language. Yeah, professors yeah. that he well, said. Well, it feels yeah. very much like Ronnie Reeman, from, from what I've been from interactions in other books. So, you know. Uh, and then a new flippin' uh, Frost, which uh, that threw me for a loop, because I was like, that, that's not Caitlyn. Yeah, it's just Caitlyn Frost, but it's not her. But of course, that, then it it jumps to uh, another part of the news, and they mention Kandak and King Cobra. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you see, they mention Jack Ryder, who of course is like, you know, a classic journalist in DC. The Creeper. Yeah. Um, and he's he's almost about to be, and you see some lightning, and I'm like, wait a minute, lightning and Kandak, wait a minute, where's this going? And it, it confirms it in the next page. It actually tells you in the next page who they're talking about. It actually mentions Black oh. Adam. So excited. Well, and don't yeah, and don't forget that 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 guy looks like a terrorist is representing Cobra. So yes, we're, yeah. we're getting like all of these kind of real life events, but done through the DC uh, lens. Which I really appreciate, yeah. Because uh, he's talking about Kali Yuga, and then what we see with happens with Black Adam. Uh, I think it's, it, it's really cool. It's, it's really interesting how it blows those lines between the DC and the real world. Because you know they mention Syria by name. Yep. You know, you know, and yep. maybe maybe the next page or two, I think. Uh, you know, well, they're talking about this event still. And um, yeah, he's been. Uh, we find out that Black Adam's been defending Kondak as as he's you know as he does. Yep. And but now. Instead of fighting Cobra in Kandak, he crossed over into Syria, and now it's an international incident. Even though he was saving this American journalist, uh, it's going to create problems, especially because we find out that Markovia has joined with Russia, and they have an alliance, and Markovia has closed their borders as well. And we find out that, um, uh, what's his name, Brian Markov, uh, Geoforce, is uh, running his own band of outsiders, which I think... I don't know if that's seeding for what's coming up with Batman or what. I don't think I don't think that's seeding that no. No. Yeah. That might be something that's addressed in that book. You know the the the, the, so. the setup. Of I, mean, this I mean it may be, but team. this is all after all that will happen. Like no, the, no, that's, I, that's I, what I, I'm saying. So yeah. It might be it might be seeding for that to be okay. A part of the story we're going to get is the opposing team. Oh sure, yeah, maybe, yeah, it could be. Uh, like, like what happened that would make Markov with Russia like what did, what did they find you know what I mean mm. but no, what I think is really effective about this book is that it goes from that news report you see the riots in the street which leads into like again it's Batman and V sort of debating what they were debating I, I was even mentioning some of the dialogue from this part before because it, it kind of starts cutting around really quickly and you get the sense that everything's starting to ramp up and we're cutting between scenes very very you know you know, briskly through the book. Yeah. And we see, you know, on the TV, Lex Luthor's awake and he's recovering. And it's just like, okay, that's just like a one thing in there. And then we see, oh, General Lane is pulling out, you know, the soldiers are pulling out uh, the conflict because they're not, they're not welcome there anymore. Um, so it's, it's all piling up. And again, that's a neat little transition. We see Lex is awake in that previous page. And then we come to this one, we see General Lane and then it's Lois who's there to see Lex. Like it's very neatly kind of building upon itself to like it's, follows it's into like the next a, scene. It's such a through line of a flow, hasn't it? Because, you yeah. know, like I say, this is the least focused issue so far mm. of the book in that we've got a lot of different things going on, a lot of small scenes that we're cutting between. But the connective tissue is always so smooth. And, yeah. and I it, think that's why it's my favourite. Because it feels 
up to this point, it's only felt like a Watchmen sequel. Here, it's like, no, this is a DC book. Like, this is how, what's going on at DC. Uh, yeah. With, with all these different things. And I think on. the effect of having all these small scenes that are all kind of building up, it does really feel like it's getting more chaotic. Like, we're reaching a boiling mm-hmm. point. Everything's kind of yeah. starting to like hit off at the same time. Uh, and Lois, as, as expected, accuses Lex of the Superman theory. Uh, you know, hatred of Superman, of course you would name it after that. Uh, you name it after him. And he's like, you know, that all makes sense. I can't deny any of that. But, you know, it's not me. In fact, I've been looking into it myself. Um, and that's probably what made me a target of one of the metahuman assassins. And we know that's not the case. We know that's not who he is. But that's what Lex well, is assuming. A reasonable assumption is, yeah. uh, given the information that right. he has. So... Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, I'm happy to share everything I know about the Superman theory, Lois, and you and I can work together. Uh, and then Superman, we see him flying outside, just floating, listening to this conversation. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the interesting thing here is that uh, whoever started this is a metahuman themselves, and at some point in time, they were a member of the Justice League. I love the at some point in time. So that doesn't really <sighs> narrow it down that much. It doesn't, no. Well, well no, but we know that the Justice League hasn't been around for that long. Well, at I, I this think point, the, the the ultimate question here is, which Justice League? We're obviously right. we're getting three Justice League books starting in the next month or so. Um, we've we've had, that's... you know, we, we've I... had a, you know Batman's own Justice League, which had a bunch of metas on. Um, I wasn't really thinking in those terms. I don't think it really mattered. I think they're just going to count all of it as Justice League, especially since when I think this book was originally kind of conceived. I don't know if they even knew they were going to have these three Justice Leagues. When... Oh, maybe not. But I, I just feel like saying, oh, he's in the Justice League. Maybe it doesn't matter exactly which team, but I feel like maybe they're all fair game as so to who... it could have been one from any of these teams rather than just the main lineup. So who has Manhattan been masquerading as? That's how I read this. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that how you guys read it too? Well, it depends. You're assuming Manhattan's behind the Superman theory. Mm-hmm. I do, because he was the one with superpowers in Watchmen, right? Uh, v, you could argue, has superpowers, but not really. Uh, but, yeah, Manhattan is the superpowered hero. So he came to this world, and he was in the past. Remember all that stuff that we got about the actor that had played uh, Nathaniel Dusk and all that mystery yeah. surrounding him in the, in the back matter? It lines up with this whole government and then the Justice League and whatnot. So you think the Superman theory is true, and that Manhattan is yeah, behind it. I do. I, because in in the meta way, the reason why there's so many American superheroes is because comics kind of started in America. At least superhero comics. Well, hold on a second, though. You're uh, saying that it's true. Surely you only think it's true in this version of the universe. You don't think it was true yes, no. like, you know, post-crisis and before New 52. Oh, no, 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 no. I think for the sake of the story that whatever Manhattan did, it altered going forward so like when he came here it changed continuity for, for lack of a better term and it's, it's that... the same thing to go back to you know the the Superman reborn you know not not reborn the the uh, the, the mr oz with you know the, the him being jor-el it's like he in in this continuity jor-el always got away you know because manhattan right. has, has come and done that so exactly it, it's not like yeah, yeah it's a change from our outside perspective mm. but in the timeline that always happened to jor-el in we just didn't and so know in the meta yeah, so in the meta sense, Amer- superheroes are a very American invention, mm. right? It's kind of like jazz in that way. It's like, yeah, jazz has foundation in other world music, but the jazz that everybody knows is uniquely American. 
right? And that's how I feel what John's is saying with these superheroes is that's why 97% of them are American because they all started here. It is. It's it's uh, something that, that Graham Morrison talks a lot about. Uh, if you, if you read his uh, book uh, Super Gods, Super Gods is is a very good book, by the way. Well well worth checking out if you're interested in this stuff. Is you know the idea that superheroes are the American mythology. You know because yep. uh, America is such a relatively speaking a new country. It doesn't yep. have that rich mythology that most cultures have. So it created one with superheroes. Right, and I mean, and you have the very first superhero created by sons of immigrants. And in fact, turn their hero into an immigrant, and it's a uniquely American story. Uh, so that's why I feel in in the story, you know, if it's true or not, I feel for the sake of the story, part of it is, and I feel like it is Manhattan puppet, like seeing like, well, we couldn't handle this type of stuff in our universe. Let's see how this universe handles it, and now it's coming to a head. It's just later. How does that? come into play though with the fact that he kind of messed up the universe that was already there this is this is what I'm having trouble with, with well, this is why it's... I can't completely on board with this it's not I mean I can I buy think... I can buy that he said okay I'm going to restart this place and have it all happen earlier and manipulate it that way I can't buy that he just decided I'm going to experiment and make it all happen because it already happened this, this is not a completely fresh thing that he's done in this universe. He's done like a, a new interpretation of what was already there. Mm. Uh, it's true. Yeah. Ugh, now we're talking about reboots and continuity and... Yeah, I gotta think about that a little bit more. But that does not sway me from thinking that Manhattan is who they're referring to. I don't think... Oh, no, it, may, it may very well be. I mean, be. Um, I mean well, if it's just... Why, I, I don't have anything yet. But here's the thing, if, if, it, if it is as simple, he's been masquerading as someone on the Justice League all this time. Because I don't necessarily read this as, oh, someone who's in the Justice League right now in the main DCU is going to turn out to be Manhattan all this time. I don't necessarily read it like that. You know, it's, it's At some point they were a member. It's the same thing that we got with, you know, and, and, and not to blame him here, but you know, Martian Manhunter. We know he was kind of a member for a little bit. Yeah, but then you know, we vanished. We didn't get a lot of stories well, with him. But that's a, that's he a, was a member. That's a, yeah, but this is why I don't, I don't, I don't see this point of like looking at who's on the teams in the next little bit. Because Martian Manhunter, he was apparently on the team in the classic way that we all think of him as, as but he's not being the new Fifty Two, and yet all of a sudden now in continuity, oh, he was on the team originally. He was always on the team. Yeah, back at no, the start. No, no, I right. agree. Well, the, the, that's, the, that's, that's why it's called a retcon, right? Because it's retroactive continuity. Well, because so. what I'm saying here is, I, I don't think whoever this turns out to be, whether they're Manhattan or whether they're just in some way responsible for this theory that came out about anyway, I don't necessarily think it's someone who has to have been on the Justice League at some point since the New 52 started. I think it could be almost anyone who's been on the Justice League ever in, in the history so, of DC Comics. Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's going to pull from some... Like, if I had to put money on it, it's Captain Adam, right? Because that's the one that's most similar... <laughs> It's Snapper Dude. Car, Matt. It's Snapper Car. He's behind it all. You know, you you say that, but... <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> no, he's... Snapper Car's always been on the periphery, right? Uh-huh. So if there's someone that's going to start something and then sit back and watch it happen... I mean, he's not a meta-human, though. Person. Unless something happened later that I don't know about, but... <laughs> I, I, I do think it's smart not to discount Captain Adam entirely. Obviously, he's the obvious pick because he is... He is Manhattan, for all intents and purposes. But we did have that... Um, that miniseries with him yeah, last year. Uh, yeah, but I don't think that matters. I feel like they just had, they were putting it out there. Right, right, but I think more, it, it was the same thing that we got with 
you know, we had the the Death of Hawkman series, which at the time didn't feel like anything. But now it's like, oh, no, no, that was clear in the plate. That was setting up, where, okay, yeah. we'll clear that Hawkman out of the way because now we're getting a new Hawkman book. Or and obviously we had or uh, everything in metal. It feels like the long game. Or let's say that it is Captain Adam, right? But it's not Dr. Manhattan as Captain Adam. It's he created Captain Adam. And then Captain Adam being there, you know, he's the one that's created uh, the, the metahumans. Yeah, man. That, that goes back to... Uh, what was that? Armageddon, Armageddon, two thousand one. Armageddon two thousand one, yeah. Yeah, where where he was revealed, right? The, originally, he was supposed to be the that that one guy. I can't think right now. Extant. Uh, yeah, is it is it extant? Yeah, Hulk became extant, and then something else, or was right. it something else first, and then extant? I can't remember which way because he had two villain names. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So they they were gonna do that, uh, and then. They got cold feet at whatever the last minute and decided not to make Captain Adam. They made a hawk. Yeah, because it became it became the second version of the villain in Zero Hour. If I recall correctly. Right, right, right. So, uh, so that would just play into it because he ends up being an overlord, right? It's kind of like the Maestro and mm. with the Hulk and, and whatnot. So I don't know. I'm just spitballing right now. I, uh, yeah, like I, said, I, I don't think Captain Adam is Manhattan. No, but I think he is going to play into this story. In some way, because of the, that, me, I think they were I, setting it up as a reminder. Go, no, no, he's in play. Yeah, I, I feel some of the Charlton characters we haven't got to yet, but I feel they are in play. Like, if we don't see the question, I would be shocked. You know? Mm. Uh, yeah. So, and, and same with, with a version of Black Canary, because that was Silk Spectre, and then Ted Cord and Blue Beetle, you know? Uh, mm. As Night Owl. So. Yeah, there's actually there's that great joke about um, uh, she's she's it was certain girl says she's certain girl and Rorschach's like, oh, do you know Sally Jupiter? <laughs> as, yeah. as if yeah. as if that's related in any way. I I did like that. It's like, well, you you both got planet names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, that was all a roundabout way of of saying like Captain Adam was one of the Charlton characters. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if this is their entryway, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I like this. This like, oh, it used to be someone on the Justice League. It's giving me kind of weird, kind of almost identity crisis feelings here. Of like, okay, yeah. who is it among us? Kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, just the look in Clark's face as he's hearing this, because I love that it goes to the close up as as he says that final bit. It's someone who used to be on the Justice League at some point. Um, and you know, given that we're playing with timey wimey things here as well, like, you know, that could also mean like that. This could be someone who was on the Justice League in a, a now defunct timeline. Mm-hmm. Ah, it could be. So I, Pete's I, saying it's vibe. It's definitely vibe. <laughs> That's uh, not I, how I, I was jumping to him. I have to admit, but uh, I, I, I would counter that by just the fact that Lex has dug up solid information that there were a, a someone on the Justice League. Right, that whatever he's tracked down has led pointed to that. So that it has to have happened in this timeline that he can find evidence. Oh, I don't of. think so. I know I disagree with that. Ed, the information could just, could just make him... That, that's what he would assume based on the information because he wouldn't necessarily consider that they came from a different timeline. But maybe the metahuman knows things about the Justice League that only someone who's been on the League would know, for example. And he would assume, yeah. okay, he's been on the League at some point in this timeline. Yeah, maybe then. Because, I think it depends what's led him to think it, I yeah, suppose. Because why, why would Lex, unless given some sort of hint, think, oh, it's someone from a previous continuity or something? No, of course. So, yeah, that, that's was, where I'm standing at. Um, why was Veet going to Lex at the beginning? Remind me. He wanted to get smart man. Yeah, he wanted the smartest man to team up with them so they could solve okay. the Manhattan problem and whatnot. Okay. Uh, okay. Where was he? Uh, we went for record time on this issue, by the way. Uh, that's, 
It's because there's all three of us again. Uh, I don't know. I, I blew him up for well, some reason. There's, no, there's not much left. Um, like, so so uh, Thunder gets off the bus. He's at the at the, the burnt down plant, and some some thugs, some junkies oh, are there. Uh, and want to like you know rob him and beat him up and whatnot and they start chasing him and again we're cutting around really quick we're back to the the, the ship and uh, V now that Batman's like trying to stop him V actually flips the the well first of all he tries to fire into the the crowd and Batman stops him because <laughs> uh, he's yeah. Batman uh, and then V flips the damn thing upside down to make him fall out and this is actually intercutting at this point we're actually cutting between multiple scenes in the same panel the same page. Because we've got the riots going on, and they're you know throwing off the the, the bat signal off the roof, and then you've got uh, maybe marionette are there. You've got back to the TV where uh, Black Adams actually saying, "Hey, meta humans, you can have asylum in Kandak. Like if you come here, mm-hmm. you'll be protected." Yeah, uh, so, I, I love this. Just, you know, this this is happening as as the ship's being flipped. Yeah, and uh, you know, as it gets upside down, you know, he actually says, "Oh, I turned the world upside down." Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's it's good stuff. Um, in fact, some of my favourite stuff is the the page after that when Batman actually falls out of the the ship, and that's when we enter cut and thunders like going to something just you know just a bit green, you know some green light emanating, yeah, the green glow. Yeah, yeah. and Batman's falling. I, I love that panel at the bottom where Batman, you know, it's, it's the wide panel where he's like you know falling into the crowd and the capes like sort of yeah. flapping back. Uh, I think that's a fantastic panel, but it is. But, but I think it's really interesting. The bottom panel of this Batman's almost at the crown. They're all reaching for him. Mm. Are they reaching to try and catch him to help him? No, or are they just... they're they're part of the anti-Batman protest. Yeah, so. yeah. They, but that, that's the thing. Are they, but do they want him dead, or or, or are they still trying to? Oh, we don't want him dead. We're going to catch him, or are they going to rip him apart I, immediately? Yeah, it. I think it's just it's meant to invoke a Renaissance painting. So that's what I got from it. Uh, okay, but they do catch him. That's that's what happens. Well, yeah, yeah, but uh, like as in was, as in the kidnap him, I suppose I should phrase that. Better. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, is it, uh, their goal is it? Uh, we we want him for ourselves, you know that, or is it? They 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 try and send because they they're not ultimately bad enough that they well, want. Well, no, because I think this is a weird debate to bring up because what's actually happening is he's grappling away, and they reach up to grab him so he can't get away. They're grabbing him so he doesn't leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the intent—I don't think the intent there is to save him because I don't think there's that that, that intent needs to be there because they're actually yeah. trying to grab him. Fair enough. I, I'm not sure how much of that they can see from their angle, like you know how much they can see he's grappling away because to them it looks like he's falling. Yeah, but we, we go we from that. We, we go from that though to people who have kidnapped him, like dropping him off at the Joker. So I, I'm not sure. No, fair enough. I mean, the intent seems pretty clear here. I think. Um, but no, my favorite. My, I love that panel. But I love uh, the, when I actually saw the lantern. That panel of the lantern itself. Yep. When I saw it, I just about shot a brick. Because even though I was kind of guessing that's what was coming. He mentioned mm-hmm. Alan by name earlier, right? Uh, yeah, when he was talking to uh, about Alan Scott. Yeah, when he was yeah. talking to the, the thugs. Yeah, he mentions a couple of names. I think. Yeah, he, he mentioned. I don't think he says Alan Scott, but I think he definitely said Alan. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you've got that. Obviously, he gets away because uh, Rorschach and Sartan Girl uh, show up to, to help. Because he's actually getting beaten up. So once he finds the lanterns, they start beating him up. Uh, as Batman's getting beat up, as the bat signal's falling off the roof, uh, and that's when Rorschach and Sartan Girl jump in. And I love that she says, oh, don't worry about the bad guys there. Uh, they were going to overdose tonight anyway. Things have a way of uh, evening out. Um, yeah, again, with that balance. Yeah, balance again. And of course, you know, maybe Marinette are, are you know, they're like sort of, in all of the rioting, they're they're enjoying the chaos, and that's when the Joker 
comes up behind him. Um, and, you know, it's like... Also, I love that someone says, hey, boss, and he's like, I'm monologuing. <laughs> Shut up. He's like, no, no, you got to see this. And that's yeah. when they present him with Batman, who's bloody and beaten. And that's when Rorschach ends the book with asking, tell us, explain, what is Lantern? And of course, you see the the little uh, the, the moth, yeah, whatever it is, going towards the lantern, uh, like we've been seeing with the lights. Uh, it was a big thing in the last issue with the the Rorschach backstory. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's even more applicable here because it's you know, you know the, the saying is moth to a flame. Yeah, and of course, with with Alan Scott, it's the green flame, not not a light. Yeah, it's literally a flame in this case. I like how it's a different type of green color than we normally see with the lanterns to differentiate it a little bit. Yeah, it's a little more muted. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that works bright. really well. Um. No, I, I, I dug this ending a lot. I I feel like the stuff here... I, I think As much as we knew this was going to lead to the JSA in some way, and as much as, okay, we already had Thunder, but it's just been Thunder. Ever since Rebirth, this has been two years of just having Thunder yeah. in the hospital, and that's all we knew about. And we got that one tease of, of Jay. And that one tease of Jay in the Flash, of course. Uh, which, which we know that all the speedsters are stuck in the Speed Force, though. Right? From, we from Flash we do, We do, so. yeah. Uh, but now... Now him actually going, so his plans like no, I need to find the light, I need to find the lantern, and he's he's found it, and that's that's also what Saturn Girl is looking for as well. Uh, we need mm-hmm. that light. So the fact that this is going to factor into the plan in some way is is Alan Scott's lanterns. Yeah, wh- where is Alan Scott? Because why is this lantern here alone? Why don't people remember the Justice Society? Yeah. Why? Why is that? Why? And also, just as a fan. I have Saturn Girl on the same page as I have <laughs> the Green Flame. Like, holy crap. No. Yeah. Uh, and then just Joker, that pose that Frank has him in. Like, we've gotten so much good Joker stuff, you know, with, with like Warren Jokes of Riddles, with Janin, and then just this. Like, uh, yeah, I'll uh, be honest, this is my, my least favorite type of Joker. This is the, you know, it's, it's very uh, camp and overly uh, theatrical. Yeah, Clown Prince of Crime. Yeah, version. yeah, which, which it's, it's you know that's for for a lot of people that's maybe their favorite. Yeah, but take. which, but which Joker is this? We know there's three, and we know Johns is going to touch on that. Maybe not here. And a separate book, but, yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't again dive yeah, too no, much into I, that. I'm, yet. I'm assuming <laughs> this is just the Joker as as we know, right? Yeah. At this point, and yeah, this is fine, but it's 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 my least favorite take. And so while it's very well drawn, still of course because it's it's Gary mm-hmm. Frank. It's like you know, okay, that's the version of Joker we're going with here, and it's uh, immediately just just dampens my excitement a touch for the the Joker part of this story. Um, I don't feel that way. I don't think. Um, yeah, no, no, that's that's a, a personal taste onto which yeah. which type of Joker story I prefer. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of happy that the uh, the Capullo haircut is gone. Yeah. In general, too. between this and between the you know the the King book. No, that's fine. Yeah, the, the the king one that we got, you know, that we got that tease of recently, and obviously mm. we got the, the the younger version in Jokes and Riddles. That's definitely more the sort of Joker I prefer personally. But you know, whatever. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I think I, I think my favourite is Psychotic Joker, but no, I think this is a fine classic version of the Joker. This is this is definitely aping in the nostalgia of mm-hmm. what most people probably think the Joker is. Mm-hmm. Um, so. No, super exciting. The lantern like got me giddy. Like I got me giddy. Yeah. I, th- I think this is probably my favorite issue of this so far. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because it's really everything it's hitting at, everything it's teasing at, everything ramping up from all the various angles that it's just doing it from. Finally, bringing in Superman and Lois and having them be part of it. 
because uh, it really feels now that Batman and Superman are both parts of the story, full full flares. It'll be interesting to see, you know, does Wonder Woman come in in some way? You know, is there a big heavy hitter uh, as part of the debate? Yeah. Who else shows up? You know, and you know, like if you'd asked me before this issue, oh, what superheroes do you think might pop in this? I was never going to guess Hawk Dove and Firestorm. No, <laughs> like, that side it is. It is Johns though. So yeah, so you probably could have guessed Firestorm if you if yeah. you know your Johns enough. I mean, yeah. I mean, it makes sense given his past, but at the it's, same it's, time, it's, it's the same with with uh, with Black Adam. It's like, yeah, okay, Johns loves Black Adam, and uh, as do I. So it does. I'm, but I'm Black Adam, I feel like with all the political stuff going on, there was more like reason to guess him. Whereas Firestorm is relatively random. I mean, it makes sense. Like he's put them in a place in, in the story context, that works. Yeah. But yeah, like but beforehand, I don't think there was anybody you'd have jumped to go. He's going to be one of these examples they're going to use on the news to to be these things. Yeah. And, uh, so no. Uh, that was a fantastic issue. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I assume you guys both read the Batman. Uh, no, yeah. I, I had a, a good look at it. Yeah, just uh, what, one of my favorite touches. Before we even get into what the Batman actually is, is you know it's this magazine article, right? And the cover is you know, yeah. trouble alert. The date is May thirtieth, twenty nineteen. Of course, this issue released May thirtieth, obviously twenty eighteen. But right. it's just a nice touch. It's like no, no, we're exactly a year ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a cool touch, especially since this will end. This will finish. Around that time next year, yeah, it should do. Yeah, assuming yeah. everything goes to plan. Yeah, well, if anything, it should speed up. It shouldn't get more delayed. But, yeah, like I Here's say, hoping. assuming we we <laughs> stick on the current schedule. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, it's just it's this thing. It's sort of exposing some of the key figures, and this is it was, you get a little bio for the, the new Killer Frost and how Man Bat's there, Firestorm. Like, it seems like whoever's behind this uh, this theory, this Superman theory, is either paying off or scaring certain meta humans to claim that it's all true and back up yep. the story. Uh, yeah. And that's what we see Killer Frost in the news was doing that this issue, and we found out a few other ones. There's also a pretty cool map of how the metahuman arms race is heating up, and we see how various other countries have got their own heroes. Notably, New Superman's there for China, which I thought mm-hmm. was cool. And apparently the Justice League of China have merged with the Great Ten, <laughs> because now they're the Great Twenty. 20. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was amusing. And then yeah, we, we see the other various ones around there. Um but no, it was, no, it was interesting stuff. It was interesting it stuff. Is. And, and we got a piece on, uh, you know, the the article opens with a piece on Metamorpho because it was like, no, he was the first of the experiments. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, an interesting because obviously we we know he was kind of an experiment, an accidental, but uh, you know, it it, yeah. it it was based from an experiment. Also, I love the the map of the US there, and it shows you where all the, the heroes came from, all the metas came from. I yeah. love knowing that if this was Marvel. All of the dots would almost entirely be in New York. Yeah, true. Yeah. They'd all be concentrated in one part of the map. Um, now, admittedly, I, I mean, DC have a lot more leeway because they have so many like fictional cities which they can tell us yeah. are anywhere they want, basically. <laughs> um, but you know, this 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 fun stuff. Uh, no, I I, uh, I love, obviously the back as well as a little piece on Black Adam and kind of uh, yeah. his his recent history and whatnot. No, I. Uh, no, this, this was great. I, I was. I, I left this oh, issue just feeling ecstatic. This, and, is, this is fantastic. Because I know some people, you know, have lost a bit of wind with Doomsday Clock. The, you know, the, the schedule's too slow for them. They're not as into it. Um, it's, it's interesting that all three of us are all just really, really, you know, eating up what it's what it's given us. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the last issue might have been the weakest one of the five. But you're not here for the last one. Uh, no, he was. I think, I think I was. Oh, was okay. well, I think we all agreed no, that, though. 
No, no, I, uh, I'm just agreeing, you know, in context of having seen this one now, you know, and I think at the time of that issue, I was starting to maybe feel the schedule a little, you know, based on that issue, you know, with, with, with it being, you know, the, the hyper-focused issues, I was like, okay, I'm starting to feel the schedule a little, and then this one, you know, we break the mold, we, you know, we, we've got all the things coming together, we've got all these shorter scenes, and suddenly I'm like, okay, schedule's fine now. It doesn't matter now. I'm getting issues like this. Yeah, and issue four again. It's the only one that's been that focused in terms of like who, who it's ignoring. And again, it makes sense. Like I appreciate what it was doing because it, it's kind of mimicking the, the Watchmen sort of structure where the issue after doing, you know, after Rorschach got kidnapped, we got the issue focusing on him and his past and the asylum, and that's what we got this time with with Rorschach. So I appreciate what it did, and I think in the trade eventually it'll read completely fine. Uh, oh, yeah, it was just a, a weird issue to get when you've, you're waiting two months for your fix. Yes. Yes. And, and you know the the next issue, assuming it doesn't move, the next issue comes out on my birthday, which I'm pretty happy about. Like I, I'm good, I don't need any presents. Just give me Doomsday Clock. So okay. you won't be here. Yeah, you'll be too busy celebrating your birthday to talk about Doomsday Clock. <laughs> no, no, because it, it, no, the, my birthday is the Wednesday. It's fine. Right. So you celebrate on the weekend on when you record. No, no. I, 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 <laughs> I don't really do anything for my birthday, so unless that happens to be where my mother can only come up on the Saturday to, to visit, that, that would be a shame. It's in play. It would be a crying yeah, shame. Yeah. The violin will be it. out. But do you know what? I won't care, because I'll have gone, I don't need a birthday present, I will just go to the shop and, and get Doomsday Clock, and that's enough. This guy... Uh, so I suppose you rate Doomsday Clock, uh, rate this before we move on now. Connor, rate Doomsday Clock out of 10. Yeah, I gave this a 9. Hmm. Matt? You're ready for it. This is a 10. Oh, boy. This is my favourite issue, yeah, so far. Uh, yeah, but how many of the previous issues was also been a 10? No, not, maybe the first. But other than that, they've, they've been around between 8 and 9. 9 and a half, maybe. <laughs> so... Uh, I love how unashamed Matt is with these ratings. He's just, he's I, just I told you, everything's except for New Challengers is a 6, 7, 8, or 9. This one exceeds that. So, uh, what about Wonder Woman? Oh, God, don't get me started. Yeah. Well, yes. Anyway, um, I, yeah, I'm like a 9, maybe a 9.5. Like, I'm in that region. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's fantastic. I, I love it. Uh, so hey, so we, we're a pro Doomsday Clock show. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just final touch. Yeah. At the end of the Batman, and, and, and you know, to, to to close off that magazine article, it has a, a beautiful uh, Visit Metropolis poster. I'm like, God damn it, I want one of those on my wall. Uh, that's the background of my phone right now. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's a fantastic oh. image. Mm-hmm. America's safest city. Get a yeah. catch a glimpse of Superman. All right, so Man of Steel number one is next up. Uh, is uh, the start of Bendis' actual issues, not not just a little preview in Action One Thousand, not just a little mm. thing in DC Nation. Is the the full first issue of his run. Uh, six issues of this weekly before we get to Superman and Action Comics. So I mean, before we even talk about what's in the issue, I just let's just get some the the, the the opinions of enjoyment out of the way. Matt, mm. did you enjoy Man of Steel number one? Has Superman's cape red? Mostly. Uh, unless it's the mid-90s and there's no cape and he's, he's all electric blue, then yeah. Uh, I don't know, we're talking about Superman's cape, yeah. yeah of course uh, I enjoyed I, this. I, I, I said mostly because there is some yellow, so... 
yeah, yeah. That depends. Know, the, the S shield's not always there on the cape. It's not. No. It's not. Sometimes it's just Is red. Is it at the minute? I can't even remember. I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, it's one of those details I just don't notice because sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. It doesn't really matter. Right, it's true. Yeah. I have no preference really as to whether it's there or not. Yeah. No, that's fine. I remember all my stuff I was hanging up. I don't think I have anything with the <laughs> yellow S shell on the cape hanging up. I yeah. thought Matt was looking for like like a, a spider or something that was sneaking around the room. He was no. kind of like, <laughs> find it. Um, I I also enjoyed it quite a bit. I I have like one kind of minor criticism, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, so, but I know what everyone's waiting for. Connor, uh, you 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 read this right? I, I tried. How far I, I, did you I, I, get? The second page. Second I, page. I, what? I, I did the first page, and I turned to that double page spread, and there's all this dialogue, and I thought, okay, okay, I can do this. I got halfway through, so kind of technically the third page, if you if you were splitting it by page count, and uh, I was like, no, I can't do it. I, I can't do this dialogue. I can't do Bender's dialogue for this much. There wasn't even that Bender say in that first couple of pages. Oh, it's just it's all this big slog of dialogue, and I'm like, no, I'm good. His dialogue flows and, uh, so well for me. There's a lot of it, but it flows. It doesn't to me, though. And, and this is something we've been over before. It's why I don't like Bendis. It's, it's, it's not that the ideas are bad. It's that I don't like his dialogue. And he has a lot of dialogue. And it's, it's why this just isn't for me. And that's, that's just... You know, I decided at that point where I was like, you know what? I'm just forcing myself through this already. I don't want to read this. So what, what's the point? I took your approach on Solo. Oh, that's what he's throwing at me. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, you, you were like, no, you, you don't like Star Wars. Uh, you know, uh, you know, what, what's the point? That's how I feel it is. I don't like Bendis. You, you, you lied on Twitter. You lying? No, I didn't. You said you read Man of Steel. No, I didn't. It wasn't Twitter. I, I, I said, I said my thoughts on Man of Steel will be saved for Saturday. I didn't say I read it. <laughs> oh dear. Oh well, Matt. We we will we will enjoy discussing Man of Steel, and Connor will just not He's be reading so Superman lucky. for the next like two or three not years. Because I just envisioned his head exploding, scanner style. <laughs> well, three minutes. Well, it's it's fine. You you guys, you know, everyone's really positive about it, and I'm happy for you all. You guys can all enjoy a book. I will just not be reading Superman for a while, unfortunately, and that sucks. But that's comics, right? Guys, Sometimes there's going to be writers you don't like. Connor's corner. <laughs> oh, uh, there's, pun there's punishments greater than that, I think, Matt. Punishments greater I than know. that. I, I only got through one page. What, one and a half pages of this before I was like, nope. Uh, oh, dear. All right, well, I'm going to use all my voice for this one then, since I have to pull Connor's dead weight <laughs> up the stairs. So, well, I, I, just, I, I just figured there's no point in me sitting here every issue and going, I don't like it. I'm good. I, I, I don't need to be doing that. No, that's that's fair. But I, I think it was worth doing it for the first issue, which I actually kind of still fulfilled that quota, just in the most annoying way possible. To Connor, though, on the other hand, I also didn't tell you guys I didn't read Silencer Sideways until we were recording, so it's not like we don't have a history. Matt, that's Silencer what? and Sideways. This is freaking Superman. I understand that, you know, <laughs> but... Yeah, but still... Honestly, I just wanted the the, the reaction of, of you guys knowing how just how not very far I got. 
I thought that that was worth you saving. Good no, stuff. Follow record. Follow record. I knew he didn't finish it. He told me he gave up somewhere in the middle. I didn't. I was not under the impression though that it was as, as little as page two. I thought he got to actually Superman pages. I, I, I couldn't do it. I, I, I got. I, I was reading it. I was just like, I, I don't want to read this. Why am I doing this to myself? Yeah, oh, dear. Uh, this is of course written by Ben. This art by Ivan Reese. I've never said that before. I'm saying it now because right. the, oh. pr- the pr- official discussion starts. Connor's yes. on mute for the next. 10 15 minutes. That's fine. Enjoy. I will I will listen inside. Yes, I'm basically I will you know how some books I'll I'll kind of tune out so that I don't hear too much because I'll probably read it at some mm-hmm. point. On this I will pay attention, listen just so I keep up to date with what's going on. Okay. All right. So, we start with Rogalzar and this is this is in the past. This is many years ago. Mm-hmm. And he is with the circle, this this council of like beings who are kind of running the universe essentially. Uh, one of whom is a guardian. Matt, can you name uh, all these characters? That impressed I me. I can't. I can name I can name two of them. Go on. Like, so in the middle, we have a guardian. That's Appa Ali Apsa. Yeah, we get him uh, at the end. Yeah, we, get, we get him explained. Yeah, the the and then the guy with the goggles is from Rand, and I'm looking up his name right now, but it looks like it's, it's Adam uh, Strange's uh, father-in-law. I wonder if um, it's, just, it's just the same race, but it, it's not actually him, personally. Uh, I just—it's the goggles that that really yeah. made it look like him. I'm trying to find uh, what his name was. It's it's escaping me right now. But the other ones seem familiar, but I can't place them. Like I feel like one of them's from Thanagar. That's the guy next to the guy from Ran. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes but sense. Then the guy with the 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 Wanda Maximoff mask. Yeah, no idea it- who that is. And the the the, oh. the 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 icicle looking dude. I'm not sure who that is either. No, so it's definitely not icicle. He's not on this council. No, I'm, um, ca- I'm calling that. It's very reminiscent of what Bendis was doing in Guardians with mm. that council. We had like the uh, the the, the Shi'ar and uh, Jason of Spartax, that whole council. Um, which is that's Bendis, but I like what it did with Rogalzar and how it set him. Off why he's a natural foil for Superman. Yeah, he's all about strength through superiority, right? Like, and he doesn't like when he looks at other people doing the same as him. Well, I mean, he, he wants to. He also explains that I mean, he's basically pleading with this council: we should destroy Krypton because they they feed off other civilizations. They're taking resources. Everything in their technology is based on taking resources from and they're just going to like end up destroying more things so he's basically pleading with them hey we're, let's destroy them so this is him sort of pleading his case we come back to this a little bit later um yep. but uh so there we, we go present day it's metropolis it's now yep. things are happening uh killer moth and firefly specifically right yep. uh, killer moth is showing up here because firefly is hiding out in metropolis because thinking that the villains don't come to Metropolis, they're too scared to. So this is the perfect place to hide. Mm-hmm. But uh, as he, as he points out, Superman listens for certain key phrases that people might shout in case yeah. he's, he's needed around the city. And sure enough, he swoops in, and we get the fantastic double page spread of him flying through the air, you know, carrying both of these characters. Uh, it's great stuff. And and before that though, the the panel right before the page turn, you mm. just get that streak. Yeah, the swoop. Yeah, uh, 
it's good Sound stuff. Good. Uh, one of my favorite bits of dialogues on this page, actually, uh, <laughs> especially it's because you know Moss being all he's like, oh no, I timed this. Like I made sure Superman was in another country right now, and then he gets grabbed out, and then this, and the double page phrase like, ah, oh god, please don't drop me. He's like, I don't do that. Batman does it all the time. I know, but when he does it, it's funny. <laughs> that really made me laugh. Oh. Superman with a bit of sense of humor, a little bit, little bit of sarcasm, uh, is really cool. Um, and then the next page is. By the way, am I the only one? So after this, he's floating in the sky, right? And he's he's listening to the city, right? And he mentions that he, he hears someone singing a song. It's a cover, mm-hmm. and he, in, in the narration panel, it says, uh, "I've heard this song before, but I can't place it." And it's la 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 la. Was I the only one who who read that as? La 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 la. <laughs> I did too. Yeah, I was thinking that was a John Williams Superman theme joke. Me too. Mm. Um, especially because I found out, I don't remember what I was watching, but apparently the uh, John Williams borrowed from the original uh, Fleischer song mm. for from that series, where it also sounds like it's saying Superman. Because uh, then you listen to the John Williams, and it sounds like it's singing Superman. Yeah. Um, so my, I, I think I was primed for that, and uh, but I thought the same thing. You know, not just you. Yeah, cool. I don't know. But then he gets angry at himself. He's like, he's pissed because oh shit. Um, there, there was. I mean, he doesn't say shit. He's Superman. But <laughs> it basically, Language. there was a scream that he didn't didn't hear at first because he was distracted by eavesdropping on this song. Uh, and that leads to this big scene where there's a fire and he ends up saving some people through the fire. So the artwork's great here. He saves a little girl yeah. with her puppies. Um, you know, he's got his cape around Ooh. her. Yeah, who she says, "Holy shit!" And he goes, "Language, please." <laughs> I just, I love, I love the Boy Scout version of him. It's also why I love Cap in the Avengers movies. Mm. There's that whole section of Age of Ultron where Tony's like, "Did he just tell me to watch my language?" You know, um, it's just fun to poke fun at the the big blue Boy Scout section. Yeah. But we see why he's Superman and how he takes care of those that he's saving. Like he just doesn't rush in there. He he looks. He finds the girl, covers her. And, you know. Yeah, I loved it when he's he's wrapped his cape around her and the fires like you know burning and he's keeping her safe. She spares again. Uh, uh, she, yep. just, from under the cape, you just see, she's like shit yep. again. Uh, it's good uh-huh. stuff. And then you know he goes back up and he sucks out all the fire and you know lets the, the flames go. And it's a whole big thing. And he, I I especially like the panel of like you know the, the people he's saved and the firemen looking up at him. It it's very Superman in to awe. like yeah and in, in the awe. But it, it's even reminiscent of that first helicopter scene in the movie where they're all mm-hmm. looking up. You know it, it kind of gives yep. me those vibes. Uh, but he's looking. He's, he's examining with his X-ray vision. I actually liked how the art did this. It was it was almost like the yep. the, the shape of goggles on the wall that he's mm-hmm. he's seeing through. I, I really like that touch in the art. But he's he's going through the burned building, looking for evidence as to what's going on here. Uh, we get glimpses of like a little flashback uh, in the middle here, but we'll we'll come back to that at the end. Um, mm-hmm. So this new character was introduced. This this uh, fire chief uh, who's an inspector, uh, Melody Moore. Uh, who is basically, hey, you did a lot of good work tonight, do you want a job, kind of jokingly. Um, and he's like, hey, does, so you think it's arson? You know, why, why do you think that? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, well, is this guy Firefly that I just picked up here? Maybe worth looking into him. It's kind of his yeah. thing. Um, but she's like, okay, I'll look into that. And he's like, hey, I've got contacts at Daily Planet. And this was the, this was the one moment in the book that I got worried about the characterization. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't realise we were at a point where Lois and John were already gone. And I yeah, thought, I didn't get that until the second read-through. When I read it last night, yeah. 
I didn't connect the dots until then. Yeah, I, as soon as it came up later, I, I, I retroactively then understood this, why he said this. But he's like, because he says to her, hey, if you need any like, help with, negotiate, uh, with your investigation, uh, contact Clark Kent or Lois. And then he stops himself and says, no, just call Kent. Because the first time I read that, it almost sounds like he's going to tell him about, about his wife and then says, no, I don't want her calling her. I don't, I don't want Lois knowing about her. Right. And it sounds like he's, he's, he's planning to you know play yeah. the field a bit. I, I had a friend text me, he goes, so what do you feel like Superman hitting on a redhead? Isn't that like your thing? And I go, huh, very funny. But he wasn't. He was being, you know, he was covering for himself. Yeah. That, but, but, that's what I picked up from the first one. Yeah, what he's doing here is he's he's about to say call Clark or Lois, and then he realizes no wait, Lois isn't there. Like he's so used to saying Lois as well, but Lois is gone right now. So that that was the thing later on in the issue when you realize oh they're already gone. That that's why he, he does this. Um, but it is it's just, I mean obviously Bendis I expected to introduce some new characters that were going to be a big thing. Yeah. Uh, and she's already got a bit of a a nice personality. She she sort of says hey am I tall the Wonder Woman? And she's like he's like yes actually. He's like I knew it. Um, yeah. And then there's that funny so, little moment uh, as he's flying off, and she just sort of whispers to herself, "Nice to meet you, Superman." Kind of flirty, and then and he just sort of turns around. Yeah. yeah, he turns around, and she's like, "Shit!" He's got super hearing. <laughs> so is it weird that I read this in Jessica Chastain's voice? Um, yeah, that's weird. I mean, unhealthy, perhaps. Okay, All but right. not weird necessarily. But uh, but yeah, and I always when when I always describe the difference between Superman and Batman. And again, I, I brought it up a couple times before. DDO nailed it, whereas Batman's a cop, right? And Superman's a firefighter. So to see Bendis latch onto that, and that's like the one of the first acts you see him take care of in this book, which is a new, you know, jumping on point for people. And then the first new supporting character you meet in this issue is this this fire lady, you know, who's a, a, an investigator. And I hope we get, I, I feel like we're going to get more of her. But there's also oh, yeah. from, from was it the Action Comics that new reporter? Yeah, that's there. I think, I think that reportedly there'll be more of an Action Comics thing because that's the Daily Planet focused yeah. book, and then may, maybe this character will be more of a Superman issue. Uh, yeah, because you see, because you see her in the background when they go to the planet, mm. like she's standing behind Perry at one point. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to uh, the past again, and it's Rogel Czar, and he's, he's just. I actually really like this page. I thought. I thought this uh-huh. actually did a good job of making Rogozar not just like this generic villain. Like it, it, his no. motivation is actually a little bit more interesting, and I think it's interesting because the 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 guardian who was in the the circle shows up. Uh, Appa Ali Aspa Apsa. He's got a really fun name to say. Uh, yeah, that's he, why the guardian stopped getting names. Yeah, just because you know. But he he shows up and he's basically like, you're letting your personal feelings cloud your judgment, which. It's interesting because what is that personal history? Because he, 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 his reasons for wanting to destroy Krypton are like, hey, they're going to infect the rest of the universe. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Guardian here is like, no, like, let them rise and fall on their own. Like, if they're going to have a demise, it'll be their own doing. And, you know, it leaves Rogozar like saying, but please, like he's actually pleading almost. And then, you know, that, that full page spread of him just like kneeling down and it's the darkness behind him in the cave. It's a really yeah. great page. But... Yeah, well, and it, and he's more than just this meathead for Superman yeah. Punch. Whatever this thing, and I feel like this council has used him before. And that's yeah. why he was calling in a favor to let me destroy Krypton. So we all know that he has something to do with the end of Krypton. I don't think it's going to be that cut and dry. I, I, think, I think he believes he does. I don't know if it's a great one. Yeah. I, I think the planet was going to blow no matter what, and whatever he does there... Uh, he feels like he's responsible for it, mm. so he takes that on, and he's such a zealot 
But yeah, yeah that's he, gonna be his thing going forward. He's so anti Krypton, you know, obviously he's gonna hunt down the remaining Kryptonians, that's gonna be his thing. Um yeah. but this you know, with this personal history, what did what did a Kryptonian do to him or his family or someone he cared about in the past? What what And I'm just I'm hoping it's not someone from the House of L. Like I'm hoping it's we get a little bit more depth on Krypton. Mm. You know? So, Wolfus is Zod. Yeah. Wolfus like Zod's I be, grandfather I, I or something. Watching, watching Krypton, I really like what they're doing with the House of Zod and House of L. Yeah, how far are you in? Two or three, I can't okay. remember. Right. I just want to know what not to spoil. You're not at the really great stuff yet. Yeah, no, not, not yet. Stuff I, yet. I'm taking time. I'm, I'm watching a little Riverdale here and a little Saw here. Oh, and drop Riverdale. Drop that faster than a ton of bricks. That, that's we what all know why he's watching it. watching it. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that's... That's the show that I watch with my wife when she's not watching Forensic Files. Oh, yeah. Or Nothing to do with Cheryl Blossom. Is. Nothing to do with her. Yeah. No. I mean, what do you want? I can't. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what you just said. And it came off real bad. So I'm going to talk about Superman now. Yes. He likes redheads. That's the joke, people. And so we come back to present day. We're at the planet. Uh, and Clark's doing his story. And, you know, we get classic Perry here. He's like, hey, you got something good for me, Clark? And he's like, uh, I've got arson, Mr. White. Arson? I'm looking for a blood-curling, sit-away conspiracy, and you bring me arson. Multiple counts. Still arson, Clark. Still arson. Uh, <laughs> but still. Arson? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's good stuff. And it has a moment where it looks... We see the, the stand-up of Lois that we got in the... the uh, was it... Whatever one it was. The DC Nation or the... Yeah. Uh, action... I think it was the DC Nation. Uh, yep. And Clark looks at his photo... And, you know, so we get the sense that something's went, but something's happened here. And this is what he was having a, a little sort of audio flashback of at the uh, the middle of the issue. And the flashlight kind of em- uh, emulates what happens here at the end of the book. So we get this flashback, and John's there. And basically, John, you know, has, he's grown up a little bit, and he's, he's, his Superboy suit doesn't fit him anymore. His jacket doesn't actually fit him. And he's like, hey, it's, a, it's called a growth spurt. And there's a little joke about how Lois is like, oh, you can join the legion of kids that are old enough to fix their own problems. Um, and we <laughs> see that, you know, everything's fine. And then there's a bright light out of nowhere. And then the last page, but it's worth mentioning as well, the last two pages are uh, Fabic uh, on the art. Yeah. Uh, switched artists for whatever reason. Who, who they're calling Jay Fabic now. So I thought his name was Jason. Unless there's another really? fabric that I don't know about, but I don't think I, so. I don't know about, but yeah, because it says, because when I was going through the credits yeah. page, because here, here it comes from the multiverse, we look at credit pages, um, that... Uh, I guess Jay could be called Jason. It yeah. could, but even even when I met him, and this is not a name drop, but when I went to that con and met him last year, he was listed under Jason Fabic, not Jay. He, he's so. always been credited as that previously, but maybe he just... Tells his mind, maybe. It's worth mentioning Comixology has him up as Jason. Okay. And so He is doing one of the other issues, right? I thought, yeah. I thought he he's was... doing the next one. I, next one, right. I wonder if it's because the next issue is going to be a lot of this backstory stuff, and that's why they're choosing him to lead into it. So you've got this bright white light, and you just hear, you know, uh, Dad, what is oh Clark? Question mark. Like so, it's like this mystery of what is this white light. Uh, this is actually my only critique of the book. Honestly, is that I feel like this cliffhanger comes out of like almost nowhere. Left <laughs> field. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm so sure it'll be fine in terms of when you read it all together. It's just for the, for the end of the issue, for the issue to sort of wrap up to its conclusion, it feels very sudden. That's my one complaint, really. So, so you want to make some guesses on what's going on with Lois and John? Because I have some thoughts. Uh, you 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 you, ha- you start off, Matt, and I'll I'll so bounce off you. We know this council's been council's been around for a while, mm-hmm. right? But they might not be who's still in charge. But I, I have no reason to think that they're still not watching out, even if it's just the guardians. Mm-hmm. So 
if they get word that Rogelzar is coming to to clean up, right, and attack Sigmar, because we know that's where this is going, uh, then maybe the council feels responsible for this, and so they offer to fix stuff with within the universe with Lois and John. So you think they've the, the, the taken them for protection? That makes me wonder. Yeah. Does Clark know that Rogelzar's coming then? Because I feel like if he doesn't, I feel like if Lois and John are just taken, yeah. he doesn't know where they went, and he has no indication. I feel like he would be obsessed with finding them. It wouldn't just be like me how too. he's doing. You know, he's not. He's, it wouldn't be no. going to work and doing normal things. Yeah. And so maybe they like. Well, you need to face this on your own. This is your, to borrow a term, this is your birthright. You need to deal with this. This guy. We can't help mm-hmm. you, but we can provide for your family. Uh, we don't know when he's coming, but we're not gonna let. Lois and John be collateral damage, if you will. Those are the rest of Metropolis, apparently. Yeah. I think that's John. a fair guess based on what we have. I, I'm kind of inclined okay. to think, though, that this is something we just don't know about yet. Well, maybe. I uh, I want to see more of this council. So, and even if it's Canthit, you know, I'm, I'm this now and and whoever. So, Isn't yeah. it cool that Bendis in one issue is already starting to play with other corners? He's already got a, a Guardian in there. He's got a guardian. He's got the, the one dude with with the weird mask. He's the icicle man. So we'll see. Yeah. Like he's just pulling. He's pulling. I'm sure those are characters. So if you guys know, hit us up. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have time to to look for who these characters are because it's hard to Google search like council of, of characters. Uh, you know. But I do like what they're doing with Rogel's are. He he definitely feels like some of the stuff that Bendis has hinted at about. Uh, Superman's Jewish identity, you know, being created by two Jewish creators. Oh yeah, I mean, the Jewish. fact that he's he's got around exterminating a race of people yep. is, you know, all the correlation we need with that. And just that he seems to represent the the fundamentals of fascism, about like we need to stop the spread of this one thing. Yeah, and we have to do it through superior power, and we have to crush it. And uh, it, yeah, it definitely he, feels like World War Two Germany. He's far uh, more interesting now than he was in the action comics, like yep. short. Yep. Right, so, and I enjoyed that short story, but it, it, he was yeah. definitely just a generic villain of it. And yeah. whereas this has made them a bit more interesting, because I'm curious as to why he hates Kryptonians so much now. Yeah, exactly. Because we know that the Kryptonians can be jerks. We've seen them do things. Yeah. You know, like maybe, maybe, what the way he looks and what we know from Doomsday. You know, like maybe that has something to do with it. Is, is Doomsday know? his genetically modified brother? Like they took his brother and turned something, him into Doomsday, and that's why he's pissed. Yeah, something like that. And yeah. you know, but we I, also know this doesn't gel. His I don't know how long ago this is. But I just want to say, Matt, before you on, before you go to something else, I just want to say, as much as I'm joking about that, that would yeah. actually kind of in a way. Maybe it's not his brother, but if if Doomsday tur- turns out to have come from this race that Rogel's ours from yeah. it would explain why when everyone saw me went oh that's a bit doomsday looking just with yeah. you know more more clothes and stuff <laughs> yeah well and if, if you know doomsday's origin about how he was killed and revived and they killed a different way and he genetically remembered everything that's a mm. very cruel thing to put any kind of creature through you know and if you're you know even if it's just someone from his own planet and he hears that the kryptonians have done that then, yeah, he's, in his own way, he's justified, which, those are always my favorite kind of villains. Like, that's why I love Lex so much, is he's justified in thinking that Superman's bad for Metropolis. You know, because things were going great until Superman showed up. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so, 
I really enjoyed this issue. Yeah, I feel like I, this I, has I think, a knack for the character. Yeah, I, I think the, 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 the attitude, the, the, the inspiration, the, the hope of Superman is kind of on the page. Like, it's there. Um, like, it already feels like the start of, like, a prominent Superman run. Like, you know, and I feel like that's something Superman... Needs. Needs a bit more, yeah. Because like, it felt like yeah. Tomasi and Gleason was going to be that, and then it kind of it filtered out a little bit. And Yeah, well, that happens. You have Johns come in, and he has an awesome run from action, but then it dies off, and then it's yeah. you know it's fine, it's readable, and then it'll pick back up again. There's not these long, consistent runs like like Batman's had with you know Frank Miller with Year One and and all that stuff, and then Snyder and Capullo, and then uh, even Grant Morrison in his run, and now King with his run. Like there's just not runs of that size, you know, post Crisis for Superman. Yeah. I mean, Burns close. But I'm not a big fan of a lot of that burn stuff. Um, I think burn so definitely yeah. counts. It's got like nine volumes. Yeah. The trades like nine volumes, so I mean, like it yeah, counts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the next closest long run we have. I feel. Yeah. Because everything else is kind of a mini series that recounts his origin. Like those are all my favorite Superman stories. Yeah, I, I think he's got the voices of all the, the characters so far that he's been using down. Uh, new characters seem likable and interesting. Uh, I, I have very little to fault with this. Uh, so for rating this, for rating Man of Steel number one, like I'll dock a little bit for I think the abrupt cliffhanger at the end. But I, honestly, I think I have to go with a nine. Like I, I think I'm I'm hyped for this. Yep. I'm Me too. Uh, gave it a nine as well. So yeah. So two books so far, and they're both nines and up. Uh, for me and that, so already we're we're, we're hitting straights here. Alright, let's move on then to the third main event book of the week. Could be no, this is like WrestleMania. I know. Um, yeah, but this will be more satisfying. Yeah, well, and it might be five hours, but you're going to love all five, damn it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, all of this is not just to push Roman Reigns at the end, Matt. Uh, so... This is Justice League, No Justice, number three. Uh, Scott Snyder, Joshua Elmson, and James Tyne in the fourth uh, with Francis Manipal on the art. Uh, so this is wrapping up No Justice and setting up, very clearly setting up uh, the Justice League books that are coming up. But there's a few pages at the end that are yeah. just flat out saying, here's this, this, and this coming. Um, so it was good. Um, I, I think now that it's finished and I can look at the four issues as a whole now, I do feel like the the actual main, like, like I, I think my least favorite part of this final issue is actually the portion of them like actually stopping the tree stuff with the Titans because it, it, it the resolution, the, the problem that we thought it might do after yeah. issue two of this might feel like just a rushed ending. I, I think yep. my biggest problem, and this is something that Snyder does occasionally. It's probably my biggest problem sometimes with Snyder is that he's very good with a lot of things, but sometimes. When the solution to the problem is needs a lot of exposition, it does feel like I, I get it all very quickly. And mm-hmm. honestly, when I, 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 you know, usually any of the books that I read on the Wednesday, Thursday when they first came out, um, I'll go back and have a skim through again on the Saturday just to remind myself and you know see what happened. Mm-hmm. When I went back to skim this again and I started, it, it, it occurred to me that I couldn't remember how they won. I couldn't remember mm. how they stopped it. That's not good. I know. I, I, just, I remembered the ending stuff. I remembered like where we leave Green Arrow. I remembered you know we're leaving the teams, and I remember the stuff with the, the Green Lanterns and whatnot. But how the Justice League teams actually stopped the 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 big thing, the main thing, the the, the Titans. I see that. That's what I remembered more than anything. That and the the heel turn out of real. No, no. The so. thing I remembered most is that Supergirl got shafted. She did get shafted. I am pissed about that. After that tease in in DC Nation, and then. 
and then this is it. Yeah, because I at least had the hope. It's like, okay, see Green Arrow annual number two for the, this backstory with Green, Green Arrow. I was like, okay, I got a lot of Batgirl on that, and I was happy to see that, but... <laughs> Supergirl got what? She's in this for, like, a panel? She's, yep. she's actually on, on, on... She's just one panel. <laughs> yeah. And that's I, it. I can't, I can't deny that. It's disappointing. Um, but, you know, the actual stuff with Villadrox uh, going to heal, and then, you know... Oh, she's in two panels, though, actually, Connor, now that I'm looking at it. She gets blasted with the uh, thing he's gone. That's her getting blasted. Uh, oh, you're yeah. right. She is. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I, I, I overlooked that one. <laughs> Redact. Two, two panels. Redact I apologize. <laughs> two panels. Out, I'm not counting all the panels, but two panels out of tw- 22 pages. <laughs> no, you will count. You will sit there and you will count every single panel. Screw you. <laughs> um, so. Actually, between the uh, Green Arrow annual, which we'll get to later, and then it's funny because I read this first, and then felt like maybe I should have read Green Arrow first because it, it you know, it says oh, I'll go back and read this. Yeah. But then once I've read Green Arrow, no, it was right to read this one first. They knew people were going to read this first. Yeah, mm-hmm. they played it as if no, people will read this first, and then they'll get the backstory in Green Arrow because there's stuff in Green Arrow that references what happens at the end of this. So, um, <laughs> so no, I like that he feels a bit more important here. I like that it does get a call out to the, uh, the, the the lanterns and you know Hal and the main Earth lanterns come back. Except Kyle, oddly, why would you bring Guy and not Kyle? I feel like this is just like a this, this is just a, a, a slap in the face of Kyle. Yes, well, yeah. that's because they know he's the weakest Earth lantern. Yeah, well, so. you, you you bring in someone for a fight, you bring Guy. I I cannot get behind this logic whatsoever. Um, really, the guy that is constantly in bar fights, you don't want fighting big celestials. Not over Kyle. Mm. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not mad at guy being there. I'm saying if you're leaving one out, I'm pissed that he's the one left behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. You got a dress thing. Maybe but, he read a poem. But yeah, so Amanda just wants to nuke things, uh, and of course, you know. Classic that, this is when the Justice League teams actually show up, and they're at Bell Reeves, so that's why it's the entropy team here, because all, all the teams yeah. go to the various trees. Because uh, yeah. this is why, if I have to critique some of the, the small details here that kind of bugged me, I thought it was weird that they set up a big thing of like, oh, we can't get back, the ship's not working, and then the resolution to it's just like, oh, uh, use your mother box to like jump. Hey, his... cyborg. Yeah. You know that thing you're really good at teleporting us to and from places. Why don't you do yeah. that again? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it does feel almost a little bit like Snyder's played into the joke, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I think he was. Because I think the, the for me the Green Lantern's entrance was a lot more impactful than the the Entropy team entrance. Well, yeah. I love that he's like, hey, Brain Boy, like I, I, I want I want uh, Snyder on Hal Jordan more. I don't know who wrote this page, um, if it was William Centennial or Snyder, but either either of them. more of them. I want them on on Hal. I do like that, you know, this issue again starts with the lands at the source wall. It's a nice wraparound to the first. Yeah, that was, there's was a bookend kind of quality to that. That's, that's quite nice. Um, and then the plan, which, you know, again, I feel like there's a lot to s- s- soak in here. Just to, But they basically have to, first of all, rebalance all the trees so that all the energy is kind of equal. And then they take this, the seeds from the trees, combine them into one... Uh, and each one has to be like fused with that energy so you know various characters touch them and there's a, there's a little bit where Deathstroke tries to fuel the entropy one and he can't and it's like oh so Deathstroke's not as entropic as we thought <laughs> I, I think that makes sense to me because he's uh, you know he's very much Struggling. by the job right that's, that's know, he, true he, that's fair he causes chaos but he he, he isn't he isn't himself chaos. chaotic yeah. but Lex on the other hand does fuel this thing so that that's very interesting for going forward and 
and whatnot. Uh, if I, I think this issue neatly sets up that he's probably going to go away and start the Legion of Doom. <laughs> um, but that Legion of Doom, I feel like they're not this sinister, mustache-twirling group of villains. They have a purpose. The Joker's on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hear me out. Is <laughs> this no. this arc's going to be all about balance? Every team needs a wild card. <laughs> We're going to quote "It's Always Sunny" to justify the Joker being on the uh, <laughs> on the Legion of Doom. All right. Where we going? Give uh, me, give me. Charlie if you're joking, Joker. it's just wild card, bitches. Yeah, yeah, it's a Charlie Day thing. On he, he basically is an episode where. Uh, they're doing a plan, right? And they're all driving towards this place. And then just randomly, as they're driving, they realise the the, the brake lines have been cut. And he's like, "Yeah, well, card bitches." Now he just jumps out the back of the van. It's just so random, but it's really funny. Um, I want that version of Joker more than I've ever wanted it. If we get him, Jared Leto. <laughs> So, uh, and then once they've fueled the things, they combine the seeds, and then the plan is to shoot the seed into the Entropy Titan, and then the other three Titans will want to eat him instead, because he'll be the one that's attracting them. The comics, so basically. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's over the top. Um, I feel like that entire logic could have been spread out a little bit more for me to soak it in a little bit, as before we got to yeah. that moment. It just it was like three pages of just solid exposition. Yeah, to explain that. I'm- I'm not sorry that I read all this. I just wish I didn't get so excited to read it all. You know? Like, I put a lot of the burden into into this. Like, oh my god, this is going to be so awesome. Manipul's doing all the art. Then he didn't. <laughs> and then it's going to be this awesome team-up, the different teams. It's kind of like, well, we only see them separate into teams a couple times. Oh, but we get Phil Rocks. Oh, but he's a bad guy. So I'm just like, oh, you guys, they're getting me. Like, yeah, and it's worth mentioning he uh, sneaks off. He's still around. Vildrox is not uh, done. We're, we're pr- he's probably going to show up in Snyder's run at some point. He's definitely uh-huh. not the extra Justice League team that was teased. <laughs> no, not now. But that said, I do see Legion coming coming up. Yeah, uh, and then him having his face turn again mm. in Rebels down the uh, line. Maybe. So. Um, but there's definitely plans for him. Uh, I do like the touch though that Hal's going to shoot it with a Green Lantern like construct gun, and then like mm. Oliver's like, hey. I've got the best aim here. Like, make an You're arrow. You're always a shit shot. Let yeah. me do it. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I, I, I like it. This actually feels like it elevated Green Arrow quite a bit, this this little mini mm-hmm. event. So, you know, I'll applaud it for that. And then, then it goes to the whole, like, sort of epilogue narration sort of style, where it starts, like, narrating in the third person um, and talking about everything that's happened. And we, we see the team. I, I love that we've set up this, this rivalry between Martian Manhunter and Lex. I think... As much as I have some critiques of the, the kind of the rushed, like, and arguably convoluted logic of some of the, the 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 main villains here, I do like where it leaves everything for the, the actual books. I think I think all the characterization has been fantastic in this in this yeah. story. You know, all the little interactions between characters who usually you don't get, like like Lex and Martian Manhunter. Yeah. You know, Batman and Damien Beast, with everybody. Damien yeah. with everybody. Starbro with everybody. Yes. Uh, uh, rest in peace, big guy. Yeah. He'll be back, don't you worry. Uh, but no, because there's this thing where it's like, uh, Lex is like, no, th- th- this planet leans towards entropy, not justice. Uh, so he's, he, so that, that to me says, oh, he's going to have to start his own version of the Justice League, which is not justice, though. Hence Legion of Doom. So it makes sense. But I, I love that um, like, there's this weird rivalry with Martian Manhunter, given they're both kind of the smart ones. Uh, it's a really nice and touch. And they're both bald. That is also true, yes. I mean, John's is by choice, though. 
Yeah, he can have hair yeah. if he wants. <laughs> if he wants yeah. hair, he's just like, all right, cool, hair. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just, I'm just making a joke, guys. Like, I'm taking my spot. Maybe, maybe that's that it. Lex, Lex is jealous that, that Martian Man, <laughs> he could have hair whenever he, he wants, hair for but he chooses not to. He chooses to. Look at Lex. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so to get to the setup stuff then, so we know the source wall is broken, which actually they mentioned at the start that the multiverse is dying. Now I assume we're going to fix that at some point, but at least for now we're on a clock. Um, but we have Batman. I, I was not expecting the setup for the Outsider stuff here, which by the way, if they are still denying that there's an Outsider's book coming, they're damn fools. Like we, we get it. We're getting an Outsider's book. Like, we just I announced it I want to stick to their guns. Like... Just be like, yeah, I don't know what you guys talking about. Outsiders, Black Lightning didn't show up in Justice. That's I'll, I'll be honest. Them just keep denying it now is, is almost a, a joke. So they might as well yeah. just stick with it and play, uh, play I it. I guess. I mean, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, because Black Lightning's in the back cave and Batman's like, hey, I need you to you know, start a team. Yeah. And there's, we, yeah. This is something we can't do publicly. This is not a league mission. And you know, and yeah. he's like, what about the Nightwing? What about Robin? He's like, Nightwing's got a mission. Uh, Robin's Robin. <laughs> he's decided yeah. to do his own things his own way. Uh, we need a team that can do things on the outside, with the outside bolded. Yeah, it's been one of those teasing, you know, that they keep denying it. Have you guys seen what Snyder's doing now? No way. No. Uh, so he's setting up his own YouTube channel. Uh, oh, I saw, oh, yeah, I saw, yeah. I saw he was interested in doing that. I never saw what he's doing on it, though. Yeah, yeah, no, he, it, it'll all be like behind the scenes things, interviews with other creators. Uh, te- he said it, w- it will include teases of upcoming stories, which means we'll get a shit ton because he can't help himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he said that the whole idea is all the profits will be going towards, uh, you know, uh, charities that help with comics. He'll, he'll be, he wants to funnel some directly into comic shops, stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that was the purpose of it, but that's actually quite cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the whole point. It is that's why he's doing it. Yeah. Salah did. And yeah, so I think that's starting pretty soon. He said he's already done his first interview. Yeah, so Martian Manhunter then uh, gives Green Arrow a kill switch for the Justice League. And it's a, it's a little box. We don't know what's inside it. And it was made clear in Green Arrow's issue itself that he has no mm. idea what's inside this box. But whatever it is could take down the Justice League should that need to happen. Uh, um, do we speculate here or in... In, in Green Arrow. What's well, ever Green Arrow? We'll, we'll, oh. I'll have a bit, bit, bit of meat. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so, but I like this. Obviously, we'll talk more about this this choice here. But it, it is here, so it's a nice little tease. And we get a two-page layout, uh, basically split into three, and it's like showing that they're you know building things and and whatnot. And we see that the you know the Odyssey team is going to have the the, the Brainiac ship, uh, and mm-hmm. a clear reference to the classic New Teen Titans with Starfire and Cy- Cyborg. Where Starfire's like, oh, as as Richard used to say, and she then she gets like a phrase wrong, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, again, whenever they have Cyborg and someone from the Teen Titans kind of reminisce about being Teen Titans, he suddenly yeah. becomes way more interesting because he feels like he, he fits with those characters. He belongs so much more. Yeah. Um, it's like Richard used to say, it's the Wild East out there. <laughs> West. Cla- West classic point. Starfire, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is Wild West. Yeah, and and it got, sounds like there's gonna need a bit, little bit of justice, so I can get down with that. Yeah, and we got we got uh, Zatanna and Wonder Woman. Um, also, I, so is, I, is there there at the, uh, the 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 magic tree, right? The wisdom tree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that gonna be their their base? Because obviously we see that you know Cyborg and stuff out here. They're at the Brainiac ship that they're gonna have. Mm-hmm. Um, Shoot, you know, why not? You know, um, like, uh, you know, it could be. I. I mean, I wasn't necessarily taking this as all these are actually with their bases per se. It was more just that they're investigating this this tree because that's what they're looking into. And oh, maybe. Just, stuff. Because yeah. obviously we know they've got teleporters to the Hall of Justice. So that's true. That, that, that's not their individual base. 
I think I would assume the uh, Doctor Fate's tower, but I mean, that's just yeah, that's fair. That's just yeah. a guess. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're right next door either way. Um, yeah, uh, and then the final final panel in this 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 two page spread or two page layout is uh, the actual main Justice League team. And I am actually jazzed about this. They make uh, Martian Manhunter the the chairman. He's the leader of the team. Yeah, and Perfect. Then hot girls just hanging around. Yeah, hot girls on there. <laughs> hot girls there. But I like <laughs> this. They don't really address her. They're just like, yeah, she's here now. Because I actually like. I've always thought of Martian Manhunter as the, as the leader. Whenever he's the team is actually together. He's their elder statesman. I always yeah. feel like even if he's not on point to lead, even Batman and Superman will look to him for direction. So it's good that he's now actually in charge. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I like it a lot. It feels like it's really correct and like stuff that Justice League should have been like since Rebirth. Well, since New 52, mm-hmm. really, but especially since Rebirth, since it was fixing so much other stuff. Instead, we got Brian Hitch. Yeah. Um, and then the final page is just, you know, it's, instead of saying no justice, it says new justice, and we get the three teams and, and different panels. And it's okay, like, hey, that. buy all these books that are coming out soon. Yes, we're going to be bankrupt. Thank <laughs> you very much. Well, done and done. They're already locked down. Especially mm-hmm. that Justice League Dark. Look at that, that panel there of the Dark team. I'm like, yes, um, give me look that. Look at the Odyssey team. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is all different artists, right? This is all the. I believe uh, so. It doesn't look yeah, like Manipul, so. but it could be. It doesn't look like Manipul. They all look me. different to me, is the point I'm making, though. They all look different artists. Yeah. yeah. So, unless Manipul's jumped and done some vastly different styles. Mm. For... Which wouldn't surprise me, because it also doesn't look like Sejic. If you I'm going to make another critique of the issue, by the way, I do think compared to issues one and two, I think this is the weakest Manipul art of the, the four issues. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a bit more traditional Manipul. Yeah, you know, it's very much okay. Here's the thing, right? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't blowing me away. Like there was so many atmospheric little moments in the first couple of issues when it was his art. Whereas this one, I felt like it was just getting the job done. I, I, I do wonder if this was more a little bit more rushed. This, this issue. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know because a lot of the stuff here is on Earth, whereas it wasn't before. Like all the mm. stuff with the source wall, like I still think that looks phenomenal. Like all those shots. So I, I don't know. I wonder if it's just him trying to do a bit of a different palette for Earth compared to all the other. Atmospheric stuff ah, that we're doing right. out in space. Maybe right. Just, it, uh, just looking at the credits, though, no one else is listed except Manor. Yeah. Hmm. It makes sense, though, if that's what they did. They got like, the regular artists from the three books to do those panels at the last page. Yeah, because it does look like different eyes. But they, like I say it doesn't look like Sejic for that top panel. But you're right, it doesn't, no. It doesn't. But I'm not sure. But hey, I, I wonder if they were just like, trying like, to match the colour palettes that those books are <laughs> going to have. I Maybe. think so. I wonder if uh, I'll have a quick check of like Snyder's Twitter, see if he mentioned anything. Oh, yeah, we've got a... he, he, it seems like the sort of thing he might have mentioned if he if he had. Yeah, I think we'll uh, so we'll rate the rate the issue then. Um, Matt, we we given this. Uh, this is a seven point five. I like the art. I like the story. It just as as a full thing, I was a little disappointed, but that's probably my expectations. Yeah, no, no, I, I think seven point five is kind of perfect. I, I don't. I think there's some disappointment elements in this one, um, in terms of just the, the rush conclusion and the kind of convoluted kind of explanation for how it concluded. But I like all the character beats. I like everything that's setting up for the new books. Like all that stuff's got me really excited. Um, so yeah, seven point five. I think's very fair. No, I I agree with the seven point five. It's it's really solid. It's still got really nice art, even if it's maybe not quite as up to the standards Which, of the first couple. Which, by extension, I think I'd probably rate the entire thing probably like a 7, 7.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, ultimately, I feel like it doesn't quite stick the landing. 
Uh, yeah. You know, well, it, it, it never quite... It, it doesn't feel like it really deserved the things it was building. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm excited going forward, where we actually got more time to play with things rather than just here's four issues, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm excited. And, and it, the story was just a bit too big for the for the four issues. But but if this was just a spin out Justice League, Odyssey, and Dark, then I think it did its job. And it did it fairly. And, well. That is ultimately the point of it: is to bring everything yeah. together. And set I, I think it's like a, it's, it's a double edged sword because I think, on the one hand. If you didn't want to expand it more and give it more breathing room, I think you could have just had the same amount of information in one issue, right? Like a special, like you know, a it, it, yeah, just like here, here's you know, they had to go to Kolu. Uh, this happened on Earth, and this is where we are now. It have skipped a lot of the character beats to do, like, admittedly, but I feel like you either go bigger and make it at least six issues, have it, give it another two to spread out the uh, the main the main story yeah. a bit, um, or you just say no. If, if it's just here to give the be- the main beats of the information. Then it can be just a special, but I mean, you know, uh, I don't want to sound too harsh because I still had mostly fun reading through. Yeah, it. no, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun yeah. ride, but like I say, it's it's a bridge between metal and new justice. It's yeah. there just to, yeah. it's a status quo shifter rather than a big story in itself. Yeah, but it's it's pretty fun. So yeah, I don't mind too much. Uh, so main event three books are done, but we have kind of a sub main event because the Batman wins coming up, uh, which takes us on to Batman Prelude to the Wedding. Robbing versus Rajal Ghul, number one. Uh, Tim Silly writing and Brad Walker on art. So this is the the Damien focused issue, uh, and Rajal Ghul appears eventually. Um, yeah, I, I almost messaged you guys. I hadn't <laughs> finished reading it, and I was like, "Yo, Rajal Ghul not being the Rajal Ghul titled book." I'm a little <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> then I get to like the last four or five pages, and I was like, "Oh no, he's there." Okay, they yeah. got me. Yeah, no, they were building up to it. It was, it was all hallucination. I, I've uh, said this before, uh, but Celia's becoming one of my favorite writers. Uh, yeah, this was good. I'm actually, I'm way more optimistic yeah. about all these one shots after reading this one now. Yeah, me too. I feel like it's actually making the wedding itself feel like an event, and because, like, just having this be kind of mainly about Damien dealing with the fact that he's kind of going to have a new stepmother and what is that relationship? Because we've never really touched upon it. There's been very little interaction between Damien and Selena. So, no. having the awkward things of like, I'm not calling you mother, and then that heart to heart, the end, which is like, you don't have to call me mom, you know. And even the thing which is, like, you know, I don't even know if I want more kids. Like, I mean, I don't think I probably should. And besides, they could never be as good as Damien Wayne. And, like, almost he wasn't expecting that compliment. And he's like, oh. He's, yeah. yeah. She's okay. a perfect stepmom. Yeah. There's, there's a handful of moments in this book where I'm like, that was weird. And then I get through it, I'm like, oh, okay, it's, it's fine. Yeah. You know, like, what, what do I think about it? Like, right on the first page, you know, where he gets uh, he gets pricked with the needle. Mm. And he reacts really weird, like, really strongly to it. I'm like, I mean, come on, Damien, you, you can take a little needle prick. You're fine. Yeah, you've, but that, you've, I've seen you take yeah, those without you know, And then, and then it's, like, it's like, you know, no, but then I realized, like, a couple of pages later, it's like, oh, he's playing up the reaction. Because, obviously, they don't know he's Robin, so he's playing up the, the, the reaction as to, yeah. oh, this kid just got stabbed by the yeah. needle. Because there's a point in this book when it when it got to this weird Nightwing Catwoman like hybrid character that was attacking him. Which, by the way, I loved that he was sneaking into the arcade to play uh, cheese Viking. Viking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was good. Oh. And then he was upset when he, it... he destroyed the machine. He's like, "No, my score!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah I love that cheese Viking's a thing. Yeah. And I feel yeah. that that came from Seely in the pages of Nightwing. So of course. Yeah. You know, she's like, he makes its grand appearance here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like this that. character that they gave him to fight, uh, AI on. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a winged lion, which 
Um, it was also a chimera, so it had that poison whip. Yeah, At but like you say time, though, my, my like, first thought was cool. it's a Nightwing suit with the Catwoman head. <laughs> That's basically yeah. what, what the suit is. Um, and at first I thought this is kind of stupid, but when it got to what it represented, and it was the idea that he was going to be re- replaced by, by some new child, like some new offspring from Batman yeah. and Catwoman, yeah. and that was going to like overshadow him, uh, and that was his fears here, and that's what the you know all the drug was making him see and like I fight. Think, yeah. The reason it works so well is is because you know if if you're an only child or even if you if you're the youngest child but then your parents are having another kid, mm. right? It's like oh you know you're you're not you're not the 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 youngest anymore. You're not the one that gets all the attention. There's something else there, right? Yeah, uh, and then of course even listen it's to the point where is his future Damien as Batman and like you know uh, mm-hmm. Ion's ripping the. I, I love this bit where he's like, no, you you you're so you know, drugged up. You don't even know where you are. And he's like, no, you're 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 Batman. This is the future. That's right. why you're fighting me. Because you, yeah, first when he's having this conversation, it's like, okay, is this like a time travel thing that he's come back? Yeah. You know, this, this, but you know, I imagine that's what Damien's thinking, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you never uh, know, right? Exactly. In the DC universe, you never know. Yeah, it's, it's a comic book. This could be time travel. Sure, why not? <laughs> right, exactly. So he's like, okay, is this some alternate future? You know, this thing come back to 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 fight me? And then it's like, oh no. no. This is this is the future. You're Batman. You're just re- reminiscing about this because you're that high. Well, okay, that was a nice twist. Yep. Yeah, no, it was. It I, like was the, I, I like the stuff with Roz and him explaining or Selena explaining. She knows all his history, what he was meant to represent, and like the constant struggle he's having. That he wants to be a Wayne, but deep down he's also all goal. Yeah. And he wasn't actually carried by his mother, so he's much more attached to Bruce. And I feel like if I can get more of Damien and Selena, like bonding, like mother and son, I feel that's great for Damien as a character. Yeah, actually, yeah. this was this was the exact line I was referring to earlier. I'm on the page now, and I don't think I'd be lucky enough to have another Damien Wayne. That's actually a really sweet line. I was not expecting this to hit the sweet notes. Uh, it's... Yeah. Also, I love that when she comes in after the hen pie, she's got like you know the bag of all the gifts and stuff, and there's a little like nightwing top of straw thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the idea that he has like a complete sex icon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not, yeah, not intentionally. It's, it's not like his doing, but he's just become this thing. He doesn't own himself yeah. anymore. Yeah, oh. which that's yeah. hilarious, especially coming that it's with Selena and she just just to play along. Yeah. You know? So, but there's a but yeah, there's. I, I was going to say, there's a little setup at the end for the next issue, a yep. little uh, epilogue, where we see Raz, he uh, snaps, well, I say it's a, a setup for the next issue, I think there'll be teased like this in all of them, but it's ultimately building up to what the story's going to be in the main Batman book over the next yeah. few weeks, or few issues. Um, so basically, like, he, his ninja has his eyes gouged out, <laughs> and... Uh, there's been some sort of attack. It's, it's killed all the rest of the ninjas, and I actually got him to talk about the Joker here because like oh, he was just, he was asking if we were invited. We got invites, and I'm like, oh, it's the Joker. And then the final page is that all these. Ni- and by the way, maybe they're overpowering the Joker a little bit here because he's killed all these like League of Assassins. Yeah, that that threw members. me. I was like, you know, Joker's good, but he's never been hand to hand. That's never been his strong point. It's trickery and and all these little things that he does. He could have got them all into the room, and then. You know, 
had a kill machine or something. We don't know. I mean, sure, but there's like swords through some of them, spears through others. I'm like, what? What the hell happened here? When I got to that point, I wasn't thinking that critically. So, yeah. touche. I mean, I, it doesn't really bother me too much. So if, they, if they want to go back and explain how he did this, <laughs> then yeah, it's a little sure. weird, though, right? Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe he gassed the room first, and they were oh. all kind of half knocked out when he came I, in. You know. Yeah, I like that it adds to the mystique of Joker, and I like also the idea of. Roz almost being the ex-father-in-law, going like, "Oh, okay, well this thing's happening." So. Yeah, I, I I can see I can see they've been teased like this through all the issues, but it's building up to Joker's like involvement when he. I think it's it's yeah. making the uh, the wedding seem like a much bigger deal. No, it's it's, it's involving yeah. everyone because before it was like, "Okay, we're going to get the Bat family involved and, and Joker's going to crash," but now it's yeah. like, "No, everyone's coming." Yeah, I know. No, I know Connor still goes to a physical shop. Did you get the wedding invite? Uh, no. Uh, card. no. Uh, so, my shop gave me one, and I put it up on the fridge as if it was a real wedding invite. And Ashley, my wife, goes to look at it and goes, Oh, whose wedding are we going to now? I go, I don't know. Why don't you read it? We might have to travel. <laughs> and she reads, <laughs> and she goes, Oh, really? You put this up on the fridge? I go, Yeah, it's important. <laughs> I love how everyone in the world just, wedding invite, yeah, stick it on the fridge. Yeah. That's, that's just well, that we, is the we, place they belong. You know, uh, Timmy's getting married in October, so I put it right next to his. So it's not like it was did out you, of place. T- take a picture of him for him, going, "Hey, guess which one's yeah. more important?" No, no to be fair, yeah. Tim's already pointed out on Twitter that he thinks it's no coincidence that he's getting married the same year as Batman and Catwoman and uh, Kitty Pryde and Colossus. So yeah, uh, he's pretty chuffed with himself. Yeah, he's pretty chuffed. Although I, I did point out, does that mean it's going to end the same year as those two marriages end? Is that, is that what's going to happen? Later this year, then. <laughs> Tim doesn't need that kind of stress, Pete. That's what he Hey, if you to crack that joke, comic married marriages always end eventually. Yeah. Always um, man, if a supervillain doesn't attack Tim's wedding, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> what's the arch nemesis of Goatman? I, I feel like that's what's happening. I, I feel like you just have to dress up as one. And you, you have to be the supervillain. You have to make that oh, no, happen I'm, for it. He already asked me to, to be, like, security, so... No. Uh, I'll keep this villain out. I'll be the first to go. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest. We only, he, he does secretly want a supervillain to attack. He does. He does, yeah. You know, Mario's going to be there too, so maybe we can get something. Yeah, yeah. So sell something out. Um, but yeah, no, nah, this was a pretty solid one shot. It was, I mean, I'm not. I'm more excited in general. I'm glad that they're making this feel like a big event, even if it does mean buying like five, six extra extra books for a month. But yeah, I don't. I don't mind. I like this type of stuff. Yeah, it's just it's just weird that it's hitting the same time as Man of Steel. So you know, it's a high. It is. I, I do month. like it more after this one. Before though, yeah. it felt a little cashing gimmicky, right? Oh, let's make a big deal. Let's do some. Let's get all the extra but issues out of it. If they, if all of them are about how it affects that person, which is why the only one I'm really skeptical about now is like Harley's issue. Like, okay. Yeah, that's a cash one. I, I mean, I mean, I guess maybe the argument in that one is it'll be it's how the Joker being obsessed with it's affecting her rather than the the win itself. Maybe See, I, I I think something that you could be an, an interesting way to play it is you know because Harley has that history with with them as as the sirens with her relationship with mm-hmm. Catwoman. That's if how you I play it, it from that angle. Oh, true. Yeah, it could, it could be Selena's like, yeah. connection to her rather than, yeah. than Batman's connection. Yeah, I, Matt, I think it makes one. Yeah, makes one. <laughs> Uh, so we should rate the rate the book then. Uh, what would uh, what, what would you give it, Connor? Well, I, I give it a solid eight. I think it's pretty great. Mm. Matt, me too, an eight. And I'm not just copying. I had that in my brain before. I really enjoyed this issue. Even the art, uh, it matched yeah. really well. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I can't really argue with it. Eight sounds good. <laughs> like, I don't like when they're higher than that, but I feel like seven point five is going too low. So we're kind of all lining up roughly today, aren't we? We are. Yeah. Yeah. So that, which means Cora gave Man of Steel a nine. Uh, uh, sure. Joe, it, <laughs> it gets a DNF. But, you know, when you get a DNF on a race, it's like, well, I mean, they could have been first if they'd finished. I mean, it could have been a nine. <laughs> That'll take us on to Green Lantern's annual number one. Andy Diggle writing this and Mike Perkins on the art. Now, I typically get very sceptical whenever there's an annual for a book where it's not the regular writer uh, doing mm-hmm. the annual. Uh, often it ends in kind of a weird, like, just this is just exists so there's an annual and it never really feels important or whatever. Um, I was pleasantly surprised with this one. Uh, you can do I, far worse than Andy Diggle. Right? Well, I mean, yeah, of course. I, I take a, a very different approach to you on annuals. Like, you know, when it's a, a writer I don't know, sure, I'm a bit trepidatious. Mm. So I'm like, oh, okay. It, it was different here because it's like, well, I know I like Andy Diggle. Sure, I'm in. Yeah, but to be I, fair, I mean, I this is the guy who did. When annuals are just an unconnected one shot, I'm like, yeah, just give me a one shot based on these characters. That's fine. It, well, it, it's. That. it's it's kind of hit and miss because I, I like when it feels like I'm getting a bonus to the, the regular story and it's like going to give me like an extra chapter that month. Like that's when I, I get excited about an annual. But there can yeah, be... Because I, I, I don't like that where they feel like I have to get. I feel like it feels essential. Where I like, where, you know, if I don't want to read, if I don't want that annual, if I don't, if I don't have the budget that month, yeah. I can leave it. I mean, I, I see the arguments for it. I mean, I mean, ultimately there's no correct way of doing it because both Listen. are both happen all the time. But... Yeah. Um, I thought the art was pretty great. There was one or two weird faces, mm-hmm. but overall, I liked how moody the art felt for, for uh, what it was yeah. doing. I'm mixed on the art. I think the first half of the book, the faces are all over the place. Uh, the back half, they're fine. I like the, uh, so, it's, it's the it's the deep inks. I thought it was, it was really it's a really inky art style, I thought. Yeah, yeah, but there's, there's something about the faces in a lot of the key moments in the first half that just don't land for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, shame upsets some of the flow form yeah. of the book. I was dig- I was digging the art though. Um, so the story of this one is that there's this this uh, c- you know ceremony that they, they have like every what was it, every hundred years every five hundred years something like that, um, where they celebrate the the lost lantern that saved this planet by kind of sacrificing himself, even though uh, his his people were kind of like you know telling him every, every thousand years. Every there you go. I, I knew it was like you know longer than a human's lifespan. I knew it was a <laughs> something beyond that threshold. Um, and the joke is here is that Jessica's done her research because she's like, oh yeah, we have to give a speech. So I've, I've researched all this stuff about this planet in this mm-hmm. race. And Baz is like, we have to give a speech? What? Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm just going to wing it. Yeah, <laughs> get the notes. And then the joke, of course, is when they get to this this planet, the alien the alien race here are like, oh, that's inappropriate. You can't do that. Oh, you've altered the Green Lantern suit. So that's that's inappropriate. Uh, everything's inappropriate. They're super strict, but everything. He does a, a Damien Tusk. Ah yeah, there you go. Um, so and you know we we see them give these speeches and uh, she kind of crashes and burns and Baz seems to do okay except for the fact that this is a weird culture that found everything he said offensive even though it sounded completely fine to all the human ears. Yeah, but AKA, it, it me all the time when you don't read a room. Yeah, I've never related more to Simon in my life. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because it was yeah. Oh, he's he's referencing his own culture. That is inappropriate. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, and Jessica crashed and burns. She has to go off and be herself. And Simon knows her well enough. Now, Hal, John, leave her. Like she just has to go be on her own. But she ends up getting attacked by this uh, this construct. These tentacles that come out of the ground. And it turns out that the first Lantern is actually not dead. Lost. He's, oh, sorry, the lost, lost Lantern. Sorry, 
slip of the tongue. Uh, yeah, the Lost Lantern is actually something else. So it is something else. Careful. But the Lost Lantern is actually kind of in a hibernation sleep inside a construct, and it's kind of it protected like not the planet itself, but he was protecting like everyone he could. And then like the explosion of the sun covered the construct in rock, so it's like a moon or a planet now. Mm. And Jessica's trapped in there. The all Lanterns go to investigate, and then they end up getting captured as well. There's some funny stuff here. I I, really, I was cracking the, uh, the the jokes when see when they're all like, in the chains or the 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 the, 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 yeah. the big locks they're in, and it's like right the guys, we have to work together. Well, or willpower, we can do this. And they're like, mm! and then nothing happens. And a panel later, Baz is like, so who wants to play Ice Spy? <laughs> yeah, Diggle has such a handle on these characters. Yeah. I almost yeah. wonder if. If let's say Sharp and Morrison aren't coming, mm. I would love. I would I, love for Diggle. I would not say I would no love to Diggle. Diggle on any ongoing book uh, DC because I think he's such a fantastic writer, and it's been a while since we've had. I think him. What so was, underrated. What was right. exciting to me about him on this book here is how well he does with Simon and Jess. Because obviously, yep. I kind of expected, okay, so, you know, all the other Latins are the, kind of the old guard. Like, I expect that he's worked with them before in some capacity. He knows his way around them. Sure, yes. But with Jess and Simon, like, they, they nailed them so perfectly. The, the jokes, like, when the alien says, are you readers? And, like, what, us? No. And, you know, it's, it's that awkward... Together. Yeah, that awkward <laughs> comedy moment. Like, he it, it just he nailed the dynamics so well and Jess's anxiety and like overconfidence and the, the whole yeah. thing where she's like oh give give me like a moon falling out of the sky I can handle that like, but yeah. public it speaking very eek. much like a, like a workplace comedy yeah like, this could easily be Brooklyn Nine-Nine in its tone you know because I could see this being you know Jake and, and uh, what's her name the dark haired girl not Amy the other dark haired girl Rosa oh, Rosa, Rosa. Yeah, this could be Jake and Rosa having to do a police function, and then getting there, and it's, you know, it's not appropriate. All right, so no, Matt, no, no, she she is the Amy though. She's really over prepared. Yeah, I feel I feel she's more the Amy than she is the Rosa. Well, I was I was just going with a an odd couple that play off no, of each other. Well. No, I, I get that, but the, the the Amy and Jake does play specifically here, where she's like, yeah, you know, I just, really I didn't prepared, make, all the research, I didn't and, make and, them and he's like, here. I'll wing it. Yeah, Connor. I don't, you know. I love that Matt just essentially pitched uh, Brooklyn two eight one four, but yeah. Yeah. So um, I'd, I'd read the hell out of that. Yeah. Salak is Holt, and you got uh, you got uh, uh, Terry as is this as John. Uh, no, no, no. As oh God, my brain is a piece of garbage today. As Kilowog. Give me. Oh give no, me that works. Cruise. Yeah, as a Sarge. Kilowog. Yeah, Terry's Kilowog. John being you know, the he because you know, Terry's the the death sergeant. That's yeah. kind of John's role as well. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Or you could even have uh, him as Holt, you know, him being serious and an architect and whatnot. But, anyways, no, I, I like it because it does. It feels like a worst workplace comedy, and it's you know the subject matter gets pretty heavy, but it's still a nice light tone throughout. And when it's revealed why this lost lantern eventually was lost, and basically his race said that they come before the Green Lanterns, and he couldn't do that, so he saved everybody against the orders of of his planet because he could be loyal to them first you know i like that it played mm. real well yeah no that was it was an interesting little story uh i really enjoyed this i'm going to uh, sing some karaoke 
Yeah, and then she comes karaoke at the end because that's all. That's how we get over it. Because they take a ring, he's ring away, and they're, they're going to sentence him. And like, oh yeah, you 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 owe you know a million years and you know and stasis. It's like, but you've already paid it. You know, this is it's going to be retroactively yeah, it, it because, time served. Yeah, time mm-hmm. served. You've already done it. Um, also, Gina is Larfley's. Uh, I shall move on. Uh, so, but no, no, this was a solid Daniel. This was a solid one and done. Don't um, make guy boil. Don't make guy boil. <laughs> Kyle's boil. Kyle is boil. This is the thing. I, I, I feel like Hal has to be the Jake because I don't see anyone try to be the best friend of Baz yet. I feel like it yeah. has to be Hal's the Jake and then then I'll buy Kyle's boil, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So who, who's Guy? Who, who's, who's Diaz? Guy, guys, yeah, Rosa. Yeah, yeah. Guys, guys, Rosa. There we go. Yeah. Easy. Here we go. We did it. Man, this is a good show. I'm glad <laughs> I got saved. <laughs> I gotta get caught up with the season, though. Uh, and obviously, uh, the vultures. Uh, <laughs> who steals the Green Lantern cases? I don't know. Well, we'll and Sinestro's the Pontiac Bandit, obviously. Anyway, yeah. so um, uh, let's rate the Green Lantern annual. It was good stuff. What did you give it, Matt? That was a seven point five. Cool, Carter. Yeah, I went with a seven. I think uh, the art in the early half of the issue kind of took me out of it a few too many times. That's fair. I, I think there's a couple of odd faces, but for the most part, I was really digging the expressions and stuff. So, and I like the and art. I so, think the, I think the problem is when it is a comedy, it's so much is landing on facial expressions that there was just once too many where it took me out of the moment. Hmm, that's fair. No, I, I think there was more moments that hit for me with the facial expressions than missed. So, um, and I, I just generally overall like the, the art look of the art. So, I actually went with an eight with this one. I actually really enjoyed this issue. Um, I sat down thinking there's going to be some random you know, story that doesn't mean anything I was like oh this was actually a solid little tale um, and it really played to the strengths of Jessica's character and the, the strengths of her relationship with, with Baz and everything else so um, so yeah no, uh, that'll take us on to Green Arrow annual number 2 uh, the Benson sisters uh, and Carmen Carnero on the art so obviously this is interesting a it's a tie in to No Justice and it explains some of that Green Arrow stuff but it's also a tease of the Bensons writing Green Arrow you know, because mm-hmm. they're starting the run in August. Uh, and I have to admit, I'm feeling, I'm, I've left this feeling fairly optimistic about that run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, I, I have I, some critiques here or there. Like, I, I really hope they pull back on the, um, the acronyms. <laughs> they, they use so many acronyms, and and there was there was one where, um, they use a BOP for Birds of Prey. I'm like, but okay. you know, for for a character to say that, it's like Just it takes the exact birds. same amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, because you said it was BOP SOP, so I think the whole point was that it was like matching the it, next it, acronym. With the flow, yeah. 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 Uh, maybe, but it, it felt like there was a few times where I'm like, "That's a lot of acronyms, like in a row." That's fair. That one was intentional, though. I think that was intentionally phrased that way because it was it was the flow with the next acronym. Uh, so after Percy being on this character for so long, I was worried this was going to be a not Rucka situation, mm-hmm. where I'm like, "Yeah, it's fine," but like. Why'd they do this? Why'd they do that? Uh, yeah, Green Arrow's voice feels that. like it's not missed a beat. No, not at all. It picks right up. I had some issues with Canary and that, that kind of stuff. I I still feel like the relationship is a, a lot more on the page than I feel, you know, because depending on the different writers. Mm. But they have a handle on Ollie, like, perfect. So Yeah. Uh, I think the, the only thing that struck me as weird with uh, Oliver himself was... He didn't recognise the Brainiac ship? Like, have they not been a thing? It's hard to say in this continuity, because we don't know... No, it is. And yeah. I, I, I'm just, I was surprised, because 
it didn't seem like a, a shock in No Justice in that first year. No one seemed surprised by them, really. Yeah, but yeah. it is Ollie. He's not been on the Justice also, League, though, to be fair. So, I mean, that, yeah. that would maybe explain why he's not I mean, maybe, yeah. Uh, 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 just, I, I was like, oh, okay. They, yeah. they, they really threw me as weird. Because we, well, we cut back and... Is, is, yeah, we cut back to like when the Brainiac ship shows up, and you kind of get the sense that this takes place over the first chunk of No Justice. All obviously, all builds up to when he's an issue two and he runs into Wally. We actually get that scene again yeah. in this one um, when we get there. And yeah, it's basically him. He ends up like all the heroes are like, no one's picking up, and we know they've all been kidnapped. At least most of them have been. Um, and he, he tries calling Emiko. He tries called uh, Roy. Uh, uh, Canary, none of them pick up, and he ends up uh, talking to Batgirl. Batgirl's in the Watchtower, so should we get some sort of Batgirl as Oracle kind of action going on here, which I really liked. I like. I mean, obviously it makes sense. They come from Birds of Prey, so it makes sense they're using one of the characters that they had before. Um, but I actually really dug like having her still kind of try to like solve the problems here, and Green Arrow being the the, the man on the ground as it were. Yeah, I don't worry about their supporting cast because the Bensons juggle supporting cast really well. Yeah. Every time I came back to Birds of Prey, I never felt like. Oh, there's too many characters. Yeah. I felt like they were juggling them perfectly. And to be fair, that, that book typically was getting better as it was going. And I think, yeah. you know, I think we're seeing an evolution as they're getting used to the medium. Because they come from TV. You know, they, they, they wrote different types of scripts before this. And I wonder if we're seeing they're getting more confident with comic writing and we're seeing well, them... My, yeah, my issues with Birds of Prey never was I wasn't enjoying it. I, when I went back, I enjoyed it. It was whatever week that it was falling on and having time enough to read it and be excited to read it. So... Yeah. Green Arrow is one of my books from since I've been reading comics, so I'll uh, I'll be checking this out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah for I like for me, with with Birds of Prey, it wasn't so much their writing that put me off. It was more the art style. That yeah, was no, that was, that that was rough, uh, kind of early on. Uh, I like the art here though, and I I particularly like the moment yeah. where uh, Oliver goes out to save the little girl. Like the ships like sort yeah. of coming for her, and all the explosions are coming for her, and Oliver ends up winning the whole day by like shooting it in the eye. Um, and, uh, and Babs is like ready to shut up. He's like, no, no, we can't risk this. I need, I need you to kind of like direct me around. Yeah, um, she needs a quarterback. I, I yeah. think uh, the art does a great job with his goatee. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. Got, uh, they have quality goatee art for all. Uh, no, you know the 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 next page after that where the girl's being saved. On the bottom, it's just a close on his face. I'm mm. like, oh, there's a lot of detail on that goatee. It looks pretty good. That's good. No, it's good. Uh, and he's got his arrow plane uh, out. Yeah, that was that was fun. Because he actually goes to find a canary who's with the JLA in the in the yeah. Happy Harbor, and they've already been taken out. Uh, which, by the way, they actually there's these there's these robots that are there from Brainiac designed to counteract all of the yeah. powers of all the JLA members. So they actually kind of like set Oliver up to be a bit of a badass here because he takes them all on, he outsmarts them yeah. all. Uh, that's what this yeah. was Batman levels of yeah. uh, uh, ability here. Yeah. yeah. Small touch again because obviously we've got uh, you know we've got Batgirl on the comms. Mm. It's a really nice t- thing just to see her without the cowl on a lot. You know because mm-hmm. I feel like you, you she's either in civvies or she's in the bat suit. It was it's, a nice touch because we saw her suit up because she was going to go out and then he said no no don't come out stay there do that it's more that's that's more useful right now you may get kidnapped if you leave. And yeah. so it's a nice touch that she's just basically taken off the cowl but she's left the rest of the suit on. Yeah, right. it's, it's yeah. something that I feel like you don't see very often. It's one or the other, like all. Basically, it's superhero business casual. Yeah. So, yeah. So the JLA, including Dinah, have all basically been knocked out. Batgirl sends a drone, but it's not like you have to go like uh, because they find out that the, the the satellite's going down, and that's why all the phones aren't working. Had nothing to do with Brainiac. That was Waller, and that was when Waller, uh, you know, did the psychic attack on Brainiac that killed Brainiac. Yeah. So that's, that's a another panel that sticks out is that moment where he realizes it's Waller. You know, we have that close up on his face. That looks like a very classic green green arrow panel. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I see what you mean. Um, so if he's like, oh, so he's in the Arctic. Oh shit, I know where he's going or where she's going. And he's like, okay, right. So flying, mm-hmm. and I, I like that he ends up having to crash the plane because it's it's too cold. Um, but it, oh. and if, I, if I'm going to criticise the issue, I mean, I, I enjoy him skiing. I enjoy him shooting the arrow and like grappling off at the end of the avalanche. It's a really fun action mm-hmm. sequence. If I'm going to critique the issue, is that it's actually like almost worthless without reading no justice because it just kind of ends where he, like <laughs> we have the scene with Waller and then it skips to yeah. you know post justice yeah. no justice. So yeah, it's a weird I, reading in that sense, but it's fine if you've been reading that event. It is. Um, I feel like it does say no justice tying on the front though. Mm-hmm. To be mm-hmm. fair to it, so you kind of get what you you're told. Yeah, that's fair. It, it's just kind of strange in the sense that it doesn't really have an ending. It just it it does. Yeah, yeah, but. We get more of the scene where Jean gives him this box because it starts off with a little clips of this as well, and Jean gives him this, uh, and they even have the, the Spider-Man quote here that the paraphrase with, with zero yeah. powers comes great responsibility. Uh, didn't realize Jean was such a I Spider-Man fan. But uh, I love that. I love that though, especially when it comes to Green Arrow, because he's not as smart as Batman, right? Like all your mm-hmm. Batman, his intelligence and his time to prep. That's why I love Ollie. He winks it. You know, he does. He's, like, he's got the money to throw around and go, hey, exactly. let's try that. What I like about this, though, is they set him up that he's actually quite capable, but he's still not in the league. But Jean, because he's an outsider, gives him this kill switch in case the Justice League needs to be taken down. Uh, and obviously, there's, there's, this harkens back to the idea of like Tower of Babel and Batman's you know, having having means to take them out. Uh, but it makes you wonder, what is this thing? Like, what is in this box? And you know, Oliver speculates that as well. Yeah, what's in the box? Yeah, it's very good. Seven reference. Um, and obviously, I like that the Bensons are setting up their own run because it's like, okay, he's, he's lying to Dinah about this. He doesn't tell her that he's got this box. Um, and they go on this road trip at the end. So there's the idea of having a happy time, come back in issue 43, and this will play into the run in some way and where they are in yep. their relationship. So uh, I, like, I like that they're setting that up. Uh, it's good stuff. So I guess, do we have any guesses as to what the item is in this box? I think the, the the boring answer is like a, a memory card, memory stick with all the in, <laughs> yeah. with information on you. Know, Batman's files, essentially. That's the boring answer. Again. I feel like I'm more inclined to think it's something that actually has power in some way. Yeah. I agree, but what what is there that counteracts all of them? Because obviously you can go, well, okay, you can give him some kryptonite. That's yeah, for okay, Superman. That yeah. helps with no, Superman. I, I feel like anyone else. I feel like it's something that either opens like. Like I either warps reality or opens like like a portal so you can go and get like a Justice League from another Earth to come and fight them. So I don't I know. Like... If you go if you go a different route and it's just like a, a personal item that you know it reminds them of who the who they are. Oh yeah, yeah. Could go specifically, down that route. maybe so even for Manhunter and then projector. Yeah, you know, specifically for 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 Manhunter that reminds him who he is, and then he can telepathically you know wrest control back for everyone it's, else. It's a it's a packet of snack sized choco cookies. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely some chakras. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I told you, I just wanted you to keep them safe, because they discontinued this flavor. I, I'm, so, like... I'm trying to think of, like, prominent items that could fit in that box from, like, past events, because I feel like it'll be something from DC history. I, I don't think it'll be something just random I've not seen before. Well, not a Legion ring. Um, it's not... Huh. It's not a, it's not a lantern ring, and you only guess no. that. Um... I don't think, you know, the, the box itself, is, it's like a star symbol, right? Yeah. I don't know if this, this, the box itself indicates what's inside it, though. No, I, I, wrong, I don't but... know, but like we've got nothing else to go on, so no, that's I true. just thought it was worth bringing up. 
But I think it's exciting that, you know, wherever this pops up in Green Arrow, or if it sort of comes back into Justice League proper, if Green Arrow has to use it, um, yeah. it'll be just... It's I, kind of the, the star, star Sapphire symbol, right? Is what it, looks like. it also looks like the star brand, because I'm reading Aaron's uh, Avengers right now, mm. and that looks like Captain Marvel's logo, too. It, it does, it does. There's still only been two issues of that, though, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not yeah. behind. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Which remains we have to be the X-Men uh, Reds annual from this week as well. Not got yeah. to that yet. But hey, uh, so that, that is uh, Green Arrow annual number two. Well, we'll give that a written then. So, Connor. Uh, let me just have a I gave that a 7.5. Hmm. Matt. That's 7.5. Pizza, we'll high. Yeah, I'm going to 10.8, I think. I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, I, 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 the, the fact that it doesn't have its own resolution, essentially, is just a tie-in. Yeah. Kind of brings it down a bit. I feel like it it doesn't stand on its own as a great thing. I think I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, I think why I'm feeling quite good about it is that I'm really optimistic now about the new run when it starts. So I think leaving me in that good place and being like, yeah. oh no, that's actually in good that hands. Yeah, you know, like, it's just made me, it's like, give me this confidence about the book, and I'm happy about that. So. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, that will take us on to. Uh, I'll, I'll quickly go through Black Lightning, Hong Kong Fui, number yeah. one. Uh, Brian Hill writing uh, Dennis Cowan on art there was a, a backup by Jeff Parker and Scott Collins uh, as was the Ren Aquaman Jabberjaw I never read the yep. backup though in each book because I didn't I never oh, heard man. the characters in either one so I just who was who was the one in uh, Black Lightning uh, I'd have to check give me a second here because I know I know in Jabberjaw and Aquaman it was Captain Caveman and so this issue that issue spoke to me on the kid level uh, Funky Phantom oh yeah no thanks <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with the Funky Phantom, so uh, so this was this was set in the seventies. Uh, Black Lightning's got his like classic disco looking outfit. Yeah. Full um, throw. What's that? Does he get the full throw? Uh, yeah, he's got a throw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> classic, classic stuff. So basically, Professor Presto is working with Bronze Tiger and Cheshire uh, to to get these scrolls to steal these scrolls. And uh, it's killed someone in Black Lightning City, so he goes to find out who knows about this. And of course, it's Hong Kong Fury. And basically, they're collecting these scrolls because this uh, ancient ma- this master of, of Kung Fu uh, was taught this, uh, what was it, the, the God Fist from, from this, this dragon. <laughs> and it's this powerful, powerful technique. This sounds like Iron Fist that Netflix should have made. It it does, doesn't it? Uh, So basically, the best Wu Tang album I've never not listened to. So basically, they they (laughs) go to collect the scroll because it was it was split into four and it was given to like the disciples and one of them was Hong Kong Fu. So that he goes to collect it and then the villains get it because they've kidnapped like Fu's like friend and they have to give it up to like get get her back safely and. Ultimately, though, Hong Kong Fury, like, you think he's dead, he's under this rubble, and you just see like the, the furry fist comes up, and it's like, no, I memorised the scrolls, so I also have the god fist power, uh, and we get this fight with Presto, and there's a lot of Kung Fu, um, and it's, it's kind of funny, it's, it's, got, it's got that sort of pulpy 70s Kung Fu movie kind of feel to it. It, it sounds like you should have read it. You probably should, you, I or, recommend uh, it, it's a fun time. It type. sounds I, like a map book. Yeah. Yes, it does. If I'm reading it, I'd give it like a probably like a, a seven. Like you know, it's, it's not like the, the, I must read, but it's it's fun. The art's pretty good for the most part. Um, I, I think where the art excels, it's not the best faces in the world, 
but when it's doing the kung fu, <laughs> like it is, it's yeah, doing that well. Uh, typically, has a lot of great. Um, it's, it's very scratchy style. Yeah. yeah, and it has a lot of great stuff with shadows and and motion in shadow. Yeah, it's the it's the motion in the fights that it really excels at. Um, I will say it feels most like a, a Hong Kong fu story where Black Lightning just kind of like comes in and tags along. But I mean, whatever. Like you know. I, um, I think it's interesting that on on this wave of these crossovers, there's not that one. Or I'm not hearing about that one, but you know, last time we had the the, the Batman, yeah, Elma Fudd. Well, that's because Tom King wrote one of those, and that's <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. But there's not been any buzz about. Okay, no, this is the one you have to yeah. read if you want. Ne- ne- the next one, when we go back to Looney Tunes again. Obviously, this is all the Hanna Barbera crossovers. When we go back to Looney Tunes, it's the Catwoman Selina book. Oh, sorry, the, the Catwoman Sylvester book is what I meant to say. Uh, that's going to going to be the biggie. Yeah, mark my words. Probably. Tweety Bird, give me a good. Like gangster Tweety Bird, and I'm good. I thought uh, I saw a pretty cat. I did. I did see a pretty cat. So, so you're saying like you haven't heard like that's just not enough people read Aquaman Jabberjaw. Oh, which... let me let, let, let hold on. They have something else I to say. I done. thought I did. I don't. I forgot it now because Connor jumped you, in with these bullshit. Yeah, you rated yeah. I know I rated it, but I think I had one more point to make, and I've forgotten it now. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so Brian Hill writing Black Lightning. It was weird to get a taste of that, but it's in this really different context. So I don't really know yeah. what to expect now, but it's a solidly written book, so that's what I was wanting to say. Anyway, yes, well, that'll take us on to uh, Aquaman Jabberjaw, number one. Dan Abnett writing, and Paul Pelletier on the art. So, so you got Abnett, who's been killing it on Aquaman. And then you got Pelletier, who's one of my favorite, like, classic. Like, he's not Sejic on on Aquaman. So we'll say pre-Aquaman 25 <laughs> style Aquaman artists. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, this book shouldn't work, and I shouldn't have enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, it might also be because I wasn't feeling so good, and I needed something to lift the spirits. Well, Matt, I, I only read this one because you uh-huh. said it was good. So I, I, I heard you yeah. get excited about it. Uh-huh. And I thought, you know what, I, I, you know, I did see Jabberjaw as a kid. Uh, I didn't see a ton of it, but I did see it. So I thought, okay, I'll go, I'll give it a whack, I'll give it a read. And it opens with basically the opening scene from Jaws, with you know someone going out into the water. I love it. And even the same yeah. panel, the shot of you know from underneath looking up from at the swimmer, yeah. right? And then you know, we, we, you know, there's a shark. You know, the, the, the cop friend of uh, Aquaman's like, oh, there's a shark. There's people coming in to try and kill it. It always you attracts. Close the beaches. Again, it's, it's very Jaws, and he's like, but you know, you've got. You, I can hold him off for a day if you want to like try and do your thing. And then he's talking to her at the restaurant, and then you just see Jabberjaw go past the window, and yep. and there's a running joke where uh, the cop keeps saying, you know, what the fuck, you know, and she keeps like cutting right. off before she finishes her sentence, and eventually he goes to the supermarket, and Jabberjaw's in there, and he's talking to him because there's a joke before this where she, she says to him, shark. yeah, why don't you just try and talk to him? And she's like, oh, everyone always says that. I get no respect, right? And then he goes to the supermarket, and Jabberjaw just starts talking to him in English. And he's like, yeah. you're talking. I'm actually and talking to a shark. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Also, the chalkboard scene, where it seems like it's gonna be Quint or somebody like Quint, mm. and it's just the guy writing stuff on the chalkboard. Yeah. At the restaurant, and yeah, so like like you said about Hong Kong Fui, this was a Jabberjaw episode where Aquaman shows up, and uh, yeah, it has a bit of a lead in though because it starts off in Aquaman's yeah. world, and then he falls. It causes a portal going to the other dimension in the in the water. He goes through, but once he goes through that portal, it is a Jabberjaw story. Yes, with Aquaman there yeah. to like fight the bad guys for them. Yeah, and so there's this whole thing. So I hadn't, 
I watched Jabberjaw as a kid, but I couldn't tell you episodes or what Jabberjaw was outside of, you know, Scooby-Doo in the Ocean, mm. right? Yeah, Aqualad, uh, the Neptunes. Yeah. yeah, I remember kind of all that in broad strokes, but not like... Yeah. So I did a little research about Jabberjaw, and I feel like Abnett has an affection for this character from the no respect uh, lines... Uh, coming from Aquaman and well, Jabberjaw. Yeah, let's th- 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 talk about the no respect thing. There's a joke in here where Aquaman in this dimension was a cartoon character and there's like a poster and it's like the you know, classic Super Friends Aquaman and it says, he can talk to fish. And Jabberjaw's like, oh yeah, you're a big cartoon star, but back in the day and the people loved it. And he's like, I can talk to fish. I get no respect. <laughs> yeah, it was great because that's one of Jabberjaw's lines in, in the, he channels Curly from Three Stooges, so there's a lot of yuck, yuck, yuck. Hmm. in woo 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 and all that and that's all in there and there's the stuff from Aqualand where there's there's a clear class delineation between you know ocean creatures even if they've been genetically altered like Jabberjaw and the people that live in Aqualand so there's like this whole prejudice storyline and the people that are using sharks to come back to the past even though it's a different dimension and or a different reality uh, that's what's causing Aquaman's power. So of course they team up, and, and then the joke that there's a bad guy called Ocean Master, and Aquaman's like, "You're not yeah. Ocean Master." Yeah. Like, yes, I am. I, I trademarked it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was real silly and a lot of fun, and yeah. the Jaws references keep coming. Man, this book shouldn't have been as good as it was. Again, so. I, I think if I'm rating that, I'm going with the same as Hong Kong. I'm going with a seven. It was just a silly good yeah. time. That was not yeah. not a must read, but if this sounds funny to you, then you'll probably have fun just sort of. And, the only know, way to make me like this more is if you give me a grape ape crossover with Kong Gorilla, and that's it. Like the one th- the one thing I'll say about this over the, the Hong Kong Fu one though is that Aquaman seeing this society where um, sea life is looked down upon now now that humans live underwater with the sea life and they all look down upon the, the, the sea life still is that at least f- because of everything that he typically the themes of his book usually it kind of like ties into that in an interesting way where he's he's seeing that even when they're in harmony it's still this weird bastardized like system where yeah. the humans are looking down upon the sea life so you know there was some yeah. interesting sort of observations from exactly. that so really. uh and then the backup you have captain caveman and what jeff parker does at school is he ties it into shazam and the specter is that the specter and shazam are having a conversation well the wizard shazam i should say uh okay. yeah. about uh, about like the goodness of humans like well the Spectre's like, well, you can't give them power because it only leads to tragedy. And he brings up Black Adam. And he's like, well, no, Black Adam started noble and he got corrupted. And so they have this bet that you could go back so far and that mankind would still be good. So Shazam pulls a caveman out of time and drops him in the middle of Los Angeles. And we get Captain Caveman. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, him pulling stuff out of his beard because there's no pockets yet. And that's where he keeps all his stuff, and teaming up with these with these girls who the, the play up to the teen angels, and it's just basically him going and saving the day and proving Shazam right that like yeah there's something innate in mankind that if you give them the chance they'll do something good, uh, and then it just kind of sets up Captain Caveman going forward and real 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 fun. Hmm. Uh, my poor wife though I subjected her to many Captain Caveman videos <laughs> online, <laughs> so yeah a lot of fun. Do you know what's I was just thinking in my head, why was there no Wacky Races uh, crossover issue? Uh-huh. And then it got me thinking, why is there no DC Comics Kart Racer? I'm just, uh-huh. In my head, I'm seeing like all the different like characters with their own 
you know, obviously Batman's got a Batmobile, but that's easy. But I'm thinking, you know, have a Green Lantern in a construct car, have have the Flash just on foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want this game. Yeah, I want What's it. Superman in? Uh, Superman... Kryptonian type flying vehicle? Yeah, give him a, yeah, a ship from Krypton, yeah, I guess, would be what yeah, you give him. Yeah. Um, and then you'd have Green Arrow, give him a bike. Same in Nightwing, probably, he'd have a motorbike. Yeah. yeah, there's things you could do with these guys. Canary, Canary definitely has a bike. Yeah. Lobo on his huge bike. There you yep. go. There you go. Connor Kent on the super cycle. I use in this. I use in this. Yeah. But yeah, it's really good. I'm going to have to go back and read the Hong Kong Fui one now. Because that mm. sounds like a lot of fun. That does leave us with one final book. The Connor's Corner segment of the show. And for those of you, if this is your first episode, what is Connor's Corner? It is a tier on our Patreon at patreon.com slash TV, where someone can pay to enforce that Connor reads an issue of something a month. Uh, and this is going to be Red Hood and the Outlaws number 21, uh, Scott Lobdell writing and Dexter Soyon art. Connor, bring us home with your favourite of the week. Please tell me there's more pop-pop. Uh, there is one scene of pop-pop at the end, which is possibly the standout scene of the, of the book. Not oh, that's, that's a, it's a pretty low bar, don't get me wrong. But, that's reassuring. Uh, th- this this book is uh, this issue is split quite neatly into two plot threads. You've got Jason on his own um, at the casino. Is at Penguin's casino, and then you've got um, Artemis and, and Bizarro dealing with the the ending from last week's issue, where you know she she uncovered his his vats of kryptonite underneath the, the room, and and he came in with the axe, and he he basically kind of just threatens her a little bit and it's like you know it's not what it looks like but then just breaks down going yeah he, he needs help he, he doesn't know you know what what he's doing anymore and she's like yeah sure i'll help you so uh, i think just to follow their stuff um they have a scene up on the up on the rooftop and they have a little you know a bit of a heart to heart where he's like you know I, I i i'm scared of going back to to not having this uh awareness you know it's you know he's losing himself because he it was fine before when he didn't know better but now he does he's terrified and she's like yeah sure i'll help you out you know i i understand um but you know but ultimately she's like but you know being an addict to this stuff that, that that's not better and um he, he he makes a move he goes in for a kiss and she's like let's not do that so mm-hmm. she shuts him down and um, so uh, they go downstairs, and she's like, "All right, come on, we got we, you've you've got to do this." And she makes him destroy the uh, all the kryptonite tanks down there. And then uh, the final scene with him and Pop Pop is uh, he goes into his you know he's in the he's in the bathroom, he's brushing his teeth, and Pop Up's there next, and it's like, "Hey, see, don't you feel better already? You know, come on, I'm proud of you, big guy. We finally got a handle on this." And then he opens the cabinet, and he's got uh, kryptonite inhalers. Just stashed oh, in there, and and pop, pop, you know, hit, hits his hand, his hair's off for the love of Rao. <laughs> He's like, you kidding me? And it's like, yeah, okay. But that, that's the end of that. And um, Artemis is off to see uh, Lex because obviously Lex is the one that started all of this. So mm. she's off to see if there's some more permanent cure, I guess. Um, the Jason side of things, he's in the casino. He's playing this. Uh, he's he's playing poker, but he's he's acting like you know he's he's from. Texas, you know, he's got he's putting on the accent and stuff, and he's playing it up, and it's it's kind of over the top. And I'm like, what's the point in this? What's he doing? And uh, it turns out what he's doing is the money that he's stolen from Penguin 
he is laundering through Penguin's own casino. <laughs> God. But uh, but Penguin's onto him. He calls him. He he he, he kind of lures him up the room with with this woman to to bring him up. And he's like, look, yeah, you know, he knows it's Red Hood. He's like, I'm I'm not having this. I'm not having you launder my money through my casino. And uh, he's like, oh, you you really thought you could steal? You know, you could do this through my own casino? And he's like, yeah. And and he's like, yeah, pretty much. And he's like, and so you know, the, you know, there's no scenario where you leave here alive. And he goes, oh, you know, it doesn't come to mind. And then the lights all go out, and he goes, oh, that that's number seven, the one where I uh, I, I planned it to triple the the circuits at this time so that I could make my escape. And yeah, he, he just runs away. And then he has a bit of a, a, bit of a meeting with Alfred, um, you know, just like kind of questioning if he's doing the right thing, you know, uh, or is he just part of the problem? Like, it, 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 this his way of fighting crime. Like, he's not sure mm-hmm. anymore. Alfred leaves. Uh, it seems like they meet up pretty often because he's like, oh, maybe I'll see you for brunch on Sunday. Which, I get, yeah, that's nice from Alfred's side of thing. I get, I get you know, well, no matter what, Alfred's still keeping Yeah, yeah. Alfred's a saint for doing this, quite frankly. Yeah. But then this girl shows up and she's like, oh, thank God he's gone. I've been waiting until till he left. And it's like, oh, who are you? And she's like, oh, yeah, uh, no, she, she's she's the new Faye Gunn. It, you know, she's, she's Faye Gunn's granddaughter. But I, I assume she's going to be filling in that role. Hmm. But yeah, that, that's the issue. It's it's pretty. It's the most straightforward issue in a while because it does split very neatly into the two threads. I'm not really sure what the purpose of Jason's plot. Like you know, as much as I'm not enjoying the Bizarro thing, like I get it. I understand what the 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 function of this part of the story is. It's you know, okay, he's dealing with being an addict, and but he's not really, even though he he pretends to be. And the the Jason thing, I don't. I don't know what the point of any of it is. Like, it doesn't serve anything. It doesn't really do much. The, the only, the, the Alfred scene, sure. I get, you know, I get the last doing for a character. I don't know any of the stuff in the casino has any point to it. Maybe that's just giving Lobdell too much credit, but maybe it has built into something that will make more sense while you, when you get to the maybe. conclusion. Uh, but is that the problem with Jason? Is What is his point? Right, yeah. I- but I think the the scene with Alfred works because it's like you know he's questioning it and Alfred's there just being supportive. He, Alfred basically does nothing except just mm-hmm. you know be a soundboard for Jason to think of, and that's kind of what Alfred does a lot of. So that works. Hmm. But I, I, you know all the stuff in the casino I, I don't really get, and the the bizarre stuff it's it's fine. It's not that bad. It's very much just going through the motions. It's like okay, this I suppose this is what the story needs. It's very much you know okay, that's the part where you have him confront it with his friends. I get it. It's just not very interesting. Oh yeah. well. What would you read it? Um, it's a very mediocre five, I guess. <laughs> it's not. It's not an. It's not an offensively bad issue. It's just kind of there. It, it exists. Hmm. I assume the art's good because it's Texas Soy. Yeah, he, he he doesn't have a a lot to do in this issue. There's no big. You know, there's not many big action sequences or anything like that. But she brings atmosphere, like he always does. Okay. All right. Well, mm-hmm. uh, that was the final book of the week. Uh, it's been a big week, actually. For again, week five, oh. weird. But yeah. here, here we are. Uh, that is things like picking our favorites of the week, though. And there's actually enough to do our usual favorite stuff. So, best panel slash moment of the week, uh, best art, best cover, and top five <laughs> books is what we do at the end of the show. So we'll start off with best panel slash moment, and I'll go to Connor first for this. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go from No Justice. It's the the second page. It's the uh, 
the big double page spread and you have like the four titans lined up I thought that was a, a beautiful shot hmm. Matt Mine's from Man of Steel it's, uh, it's a combination of Melody Moore going oh Superman and him looking back because okay. that's a nice light moment can't, can't fault it um, stealing no surprising awards uh, I'm going with Doomsday Clock uh, mm. and that glorious green Lantern, lantern. Mm. I, I really wanted to do the page where they showed the, the uh, Legion ring mm. but that's that's too much self parody at this point th- this is the thing with uh, the reason I didn't go with Doomsday Clock is because mm-hmm. it has such an amazing flow but I don't feel like there's and, and there's, there's moments like oh that gives me you know like the lantern but I don't think as a, as a standout art moment I don't think it has that. It doesn't have that big money shot, right? That that all the other things that we're talking about do. Uh, Only Pete disagrees. Well, I mean, well, it's like because it's not played. You know what I mean? Is the art doesn't play it as a big money shot. It's yeah, but panel slash moment isn't necessarily just based on art, though. Yeah. No. Okay. Fair enough. It's it's emotion and feeling. I mean, that's yeah. why you got me. It's everything. It's, that's yeah. when I realized that that Bendis had a handle on the character, and I could put my, you know, worries to rest for right now. Hmm. Uh, so best um, cover of the week then which is interesting because there's not really any variants this week Um, there's a variant on the Jabberjaw issue actually that's quite good yeah Yeah. I wish they had gone for the Jaws parody Man of Steel didn't have a a, a variant did it no so out out of the main books then, not counting the the crossover ones I think it's just Doomsday Clock that has its variant variant yeah um, I mean, fair enough. I might go with the Green Lantern's annual. Yeah. That's your official pick. I think so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one that sticks out. To, obviously, the the Joker cover from Doomsday Clock's fantastic, but to be a little bit different, <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna go with the Green Lantern's annual. I like how dark it is. I like how sort of it's just you know it's not just super bright. Like you know, I like I like when sometimes they play with darkness with Green Lanterns. You know, the absence of the light. But uh, what's your pick, Matt? Uh, mine's Man of Steel. It's I love Ivan Race. Uh, so seeing him draw Superman with the red trunks on that cover, got the Justice League behind him. That's right, good. Connor, uh, I think I'm gonna go with the the No Justice cover because I, ha- I haven't picked any of them yet. So this mm-hmm. kind of represents mm-hmm. all these. You know the, the the all the teams. You know the, these styles. Yeah. They're all very much on par with each other. Um, so best art of the week then. Why is it Doomsday Clock? Um, because uh, Gary Frank. Because Gary <laughs> yeah. Frank. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's it, for for me. It's never Doomsday Clock. It's it has a flow like nothing else. Yeah. No. Oh. It's, it's Gary Frank. It's Doomsday Clock. It's, it's, that, mm-hmm. that is the that is the knockout book of this week and. Um, for me, it's not even close. And there's other good art this week. There's other good art that I love, but yeah, yeah. Frank's art feels like an event. It does. It yeah. does. So, hey, uh, which does lead us on to the top five books of the week. So, Connor, give us your top five. My top five. So, number one is obviously Doomsday Clock because it just is. Uh, number two is probably the, uh, the 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 prelude to the wedding issue. Um, three. Yeah, I'll go No Justice for the Green Arrow Annual and five the Green Light. So. Matt? Uh, number one, Doomsday Clock. Number two, Man of Steel. Number three, uh, Damien Robin uh, versus Razal Gold for the wedding prelude. Number four, No Justice. And number five is the Green Lantern's Annual. 
Cool. I really wanted to put Jabberjaw, but it doesn't par out with the ratings. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. It was a good week. It's actually a really good week if you, you like that as much as you did, and then it still didn't meet your top five. So, I mean, you, yeah. can't, you can't complain. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, my number one is Doomsday Clock. My number two is Man of Steel. My number three is probably Green Lantern's Annual. And then number four is The Prelude to the Wedding, Robin V's Raj Girl. And then number five would be um, The Green Arrow Annual. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go, that's that the show. Uh, what leads me to tell you what's coming next week. Um, week one of June, we have Man of Steel number two, we have Justice League number one, we have Batman Prologue to the Wedding, Nightwing versus Hush number one, we have mm-hmm. The Unexpected number one from Steve Orlando, which Matt has promised nope. when he reads. Nope, I, I made no not. promises on that one either. God. Nope. I'm not touching that with a stick. I feel like it's poor show for at least not one of us to cover it. And I, I'm going to be upset if I'm the only one who has to suffer through this. I mean, I'm one, just saying, two, three, I'm, I'm over it. Orlando at this point. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't got the not, not it game? Where are you from? Alright, cool. I don't hear what you said, Matt. I, I, just, I, just, I just looked I over said, you were holding your nose. I said one, two, three, not it. Um, anyway, so you got those, and then you've got Batman 48, which is the start of the build-up to the wedding with Joker. Uh, we have Green Lanterns 48, we have Green Arrow 41, Nightwing 45, Deathstroke 32. Um, I have Mr. Miracle number 9 down here. Uh, is that I got still... pushed a week. You got pushed another week, I okay. Uh, so there you go. Uh, also, you... next week... What? You do have the, the Wonder Woman annual number 2, because that got pushed from this week. Oh, I forgot about that. Okay, there's yeah. the Wonder Woman annual number 2 next week. Pencil yep. it in, Matt. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a Star Sapphire thing, by the look of it. I know. Yeah, we know. We, we mentioned that when we talked about the last issue. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't listen to what you would... Uh, uh, also, next week, which really? we will definitely not be covering, is Curse of Brimstone number 3, Cyborg 23, and Harley Quinn 43. Uh, so that is next week's DC books in the main line. Uh, so, no, join us, join us for that. Big stuff coming still next week. Yeah, we got Justice League number 1 next week. I forgot it was like the, the very next week after No Justice finished, but yeah, next week. Mm-hmm. So it, It's nice to just roll straight into that, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Dark and Odyssey aren't coming until July, but we can get kickstarted on Justice League and see what crazy concoction Snyder's cooked up for us. But uh, that that is the show. That is episode 106 of Comics from the Multiverse. Um, do do let us know what you think of the books in the comments. If you want to support the show, uh, well worth us uh, uh, dragging this part out. <laughs> uh, but we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash TV. There's a link in the description. There always is. Uh, if you want to support the show, you do get some bonuses. There's a monthly episode at the $5 tier that me and Connor do. Uh, we did Superman Birthright. That went up this past week. Um, I do yeah, a, a solo. Fresh. Yeah, I do a solo audio thing called Peter's Pillbox where I'm working my way through a few classic series. I'm doing New Teen Titans, Mark Wade's Flash and the Silver Age Green Lantern stuff right now. Uh, one issue each a week uh, that's good fun and there's other stuff uh, related to other stuff we do on the channel uh, such as the movie shows and the horror movie stuff and the TV so uh, do check that out uh, also you can support us by liking subscribing all the usual stuff uh, get us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast you can also get us individually on Twitter Matt where can they find you? you find me at Matt of Steel 57 Connor where can they find you? at ConorRyan94 you can find me at Wibble89, uh, so do check us out on Twitter if you want to. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. I think I've promoted everything I'm supposed to promote. So that, that, mm-hmm. is, that is the episode this week. Uh, so thank you very much once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading comics, and always remember to never get lost 
and the Speed Force. Thank you.